Hare Krishna, welcome to episode 10 of Sri Ishopanishad series and today's topic is Ishopanishad Mantra 9. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Agyanatimirandhasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Sthapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupahakadama Hyam Dadati Svapadantikam Vandeham Shri Guru Shri Yutapadakamalam Shri Gurun Vaishnavamscha Shri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunathan Vitam Tamsajivam Sadvaitam Savadhutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Shri Vishakhan Vitamscha He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi Radhe Vrinda Vaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vancha Kalpatarubhyascha Kripa Sindhubhya Evacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namon Namaha Namon Vishnupadaya Krishna Prashthaya Bhutale Srimate Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namine Namaste Saraswate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Sunyavadi Paschatya Deshatarine Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Thank you for joining in and welcome to this 10th episode of Shri Ishopanishad series. And today's topic is Sri Ishopanishad Mantra 9. Word to word, we'll read from here and later on we will read from the verse as we do every day. So please repeat after me. Andham Tamaha Pravishanti Ye Avidyam Upasate Tatah Bhuyah Iva Te Tamah Ye U Vidyayam Ratah Andham Tamah Pravishanti Ye vidyam upasate Tato bhuya ivate tamo Ya uvidyayam ratah Andham tamah pravishanti Ye vidyam upasate Tato bhuya ivate tamo 
अंधम तमः प्रविशन्ति ये विद्यामुपासते ततो भूय इवते तमो यउ so here you can see some sandhi going on um ye vidyam so ye vidyam when we are chanting in uh, line to line then we say ye vidyam upasate but when we divide it ye avidyam upasate therefore you can see the apostrophe at the beginning of the vidyam that means it's actually avidyam but then because of the sandhi it became a plus a becomes uh, a but uh, what is that the s kind of character i don't know if you remember from the shloka course that we did and um, so avidyam so the a becomes silent uh, it, it is not even there it is re- replaced by this s kind of thing which signifies a sandhi okay that and then tato tato bhuya actually tataha but again sandhi it becomes tataha tataha and uh, there is a labial consonant later on for i mean uh, visarga on the first word ending with the visarga and the second word starting with a labial consonant that means ba labial means with the lips then it becomes uh, tato the aha becomes o so tata tato bhuya ivate tamo actually not only labial consonant any consonant usually sometimes it becomes r r sound so again i'm not very sure of the instances where it will become uh, r or and when it becomes o but it does become one of these two tamo actually tamaha tamaha and ya so actually it is not even ya it is called ye you see here ye here is ya so ye plus u becomes ya u hmm. but then u is followed by vidyayam which is a consonant vidya v v is consonant but it if it was say a avidyayam or something then uh, then the u becomes v you know like that so anyway just try to observe these things you know because we have learned in the shloka course but then don't lose touch always try to observe those things in the shlokas all right word to word meaning andham gross ignorance tamah darkness pravishanti enter into ye those who avidyam nations upasate worship tatah then that bhuyah still more actually you see it's not even bhuya bhuyah bhuyah plus iva it became bhuya bhuya iva uh, sometimes it becomes ra so again i'm not very sure about when the ah or visarga becomes ra or o o is usually in consonant but with um with vowel it sometimes become ra 
but in this time in this case it did not become ra bhuya so anyway these are because what i have as i told you i'm not a sanskrit expert and what i have taught you is just like the very general rules that you will see but there are some uh, what is that not exceptions exactly there are other rules which come into play which i did not cover and some of them i not, i'm not even aware of so anyway by by just um, observing you will know more and more tatah then that bhuya still more eva like te de tamah darkness ye those who u also vidyayam in the culture of knowledge ratah engaged translation and purport by divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shri prabhupad ki jai translation those who engage in the culture of nascent activities shall enter into the darkest region of ignorance worse still are those engaged in the culture of so called knowledge <clears throat> so now we will map the english to the sanskrit andham tamah pravishanti so andham means gross ignorance andham means actually blind blind so if we don't have knowledge we are considered blind so those who are in gross ignorance tamah pravishanti pravishanti means to enter enter into uh, tamah means darkness so those who are in the ignorance they enter into the darkness so what is that that means darkest regions of ignorance what is this darkest region of ignorance like animal life like hellish life you know covered by the mode of ignorance and darkness means not necessarily dark necessarily like you know pitch dark or something like that and actually the subterranean subterranean planets are also dark in fact but not just that um where ignorance is prevalent like this kaliyuga is a, is an age of darkness because uh, it's full of ignorance people do not know who they are and what is religion what is who is god what is a relationship almost nil so andham tamah pravishanti those who engage in the culture of nascent activities what is nascent lacking knowledge ignorant see that this is lacking knowledge i don't know if i can no i cannot zoom into the so it's too small for you but lacking knowledge and ignorant so nation means this materialistic activities which are based on ignorance those who engage in the culture of nascent activities that means in materialistic activities devoid of spiritual knowledge they shall enter into the darkest regions of ignorance i think there is a slight lag uh anyway let's move on ye vidyam upasate so avidya avidya means nescience so the first two lines of the shloka are translated as those who engage in the culture of nescient activities shall enter into the darkest regions of ignorance upasate means worship now what is this worship worship means not only just doing aarti or you know something like that worship means um to take advice from to rever or to have respect for it to um, to follow diligently that process so all these things constitute worship 
So those who worship ignorance means um, those who take that the ignorant the, the path of ignorance is the way to go. You know? That means um, without religion, without God, without so they think this is the way to go. That um, is worshiping ignorance. Of course, there are also worship in the mode of ignorance, which is like worship of the ghosts and spirits. But it does not necessarily mean that here. Um, anything that is devoid of God consciousness, if we um, pursue that, that is called worship also. And quickly we will go to a verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam, which will give a little more clarity. This is actually from the Chatur Shloki Bhagavatam. It is the four more four most important i mean four not foremost four most important shlokas so there's a gap between four and most so this it's actually the number four four most important shlokas of um Srimad bhagavatam this is from that this is called the chatur shloki bhagavatam the original bhagavatam which lord vishnu himself spoke to brahma and then each of those from the Chatur Shloki Bhagavatam expanded the entire Bhagavatam. The entire Bhagavatam. Hmm. So this is from there. 2.9.34 in, in Srimad Bhagavatam. Ritertham yat pratiyeta na pratiyeta chatmani tadvidyad atmano mayam yatha bhaso yatha tamaha So you can actually see those words of today's Shloka in this uh, Shloka here. So there is come quite a bit of a lag now. I think you'll just get better over time, because um, I really have no control over this. I don't know. It's just a network problem, I guess. <clears throat> so, O Brahma, Lord Vishnu is speaking to him. Whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. Know it as my illusory energy, that reflection which appears to be in darkness. So what is this avidya, what is this andham, what is this tamaha, what is this darkness and ignorance and nascent activities or nascent means without a knowledge. So this is, this is the definition of lack of knowledge or nascence. Whatever appears to be of any value, because it does appear to have some value, right? In this material world, things do appear to have some value at least for the time being, in the circumstantially, we may see some value in them. But we should always not forget the fact that whatever appears to be of any value, if it is without relation to me, has no reality. So if any value is so-called there, but there is no connection with Krishna in that, it is actually valueless. It is our illusion that we see it as valuable. Know it as my illusory energy, Maya. Yet, Atmano Mayam. I think. Wait. Okay, there you go. Mayam. Mayam means. Uh, Shubha Kulkarni Mataji is asking, how can I access this as a recording in case I want to hear it again? So. Um, this is always recorded. You can actually, if you're watching it on a laptop, you can actually get a link. Even if 
it is on the phone if you press share button you can see uh, copy link so you just copy that link and paste it somewhere in your notes or somewhere you can always access it otherwise you can just come to facebook.com slash skm.sg standing for Sri Krishna Mandir Singapore skm.sg slash videos then all our videos are there and you can also watch this on YouTube if you can if you if you want um, you know uh, on our YouTube channel ISKM TV you can just search for ISKM TV on YouTube you can get our channel and there we have playlists and each of these series like each Upanishad is a playlist and uh, Nectar of Instruction was a playlist Strengthening Foundations was a playlist Ritvik Webinars was a playlist and um, what, what was that? Narsimalila was, was a playlist. Shloka course was a playlist. We did a, and also we have a playlist of Bhagavad Gita classes, Bhagavatam classes. We have so many. So you can access it all at the ISKM TV YouTube channel. And now, so coming back to this verse, Tadvidya Atmano Mayam, note as my illusory energy, that reflection which appears to be in darkness. Um, it is a reflection of the real reality. Um, but it appears to be in darkness. So that is um, the andham. Anything unrelated with the Lord is andham. But you may ask, what is unrelated with the Lord? Because everything comes from the Lord. So everything should be related to Him, right? So what is unrelated then? So yes, in that sense, everything is related to the Lord. He is the origin of everything. But at the same time, we... Um, forgot that point that everything belongs to the Lord. So the the disconnection with the Lord is not exactly in something, but in our understanding of it. Uh, when when we don't have an understanding of um, the connection of the Lord in everything, that's when the disconnect happens, and that is the ignorance. That is the darkness. Otherwise, everything is related with the Lord. We just are not aware of that. Uh, in our current state in material world, we are not aware of that. We, we regularly forget. Uh, even if we are starting to hear about this now in, in our you know, books and you know, in our um, classes. But still, you know, we go back to that uh, default of forgetting everything with the connect, as a connected with the Lord. So that uh, is because of our long-term conditioning in this material world. For many millions and trillions of years we have been here. So we have gotten used to forgetting the Lord. Uh, and even in the worst situations, remembering the Lord comes last. Uh, easily we, we forget the Lord. So that is our diseased condition at the moment. But we need to uh, undo all that. That avidya has to be removed. But now the... Um, Interesting part is Tato Bhuya Ivatetamo Yau Vidyayam Rataha. Worse still are those, so Tato Bhuya means more than that, uh, still more than that. Bhuya means still more, Tata means than that. Iva like Te, De, Tamah, darkness. Those who uh, engage in the culture of knowledge. You see, worse still are those engaged in the culture of so called knowledge. Hmm? So, ignorance is bad, but those who want to engage in culture of so-called knowledge is even worse. Just a second, uh, give me...
Okay, we'll resume the session. So, worse still are those engaged in the culture of so-called knowledge. <clears throat> so, what is this so-called knowledge? So, here actually vidyayam means culture of knowledge. But here in the translation, in the culture of so-called knowledge. So, this we would only understand if we if we have if we are uh, we can understand only if we are guided by a pure devotee like Srila Prabhupada <laughs> if we just read on our own we will be you know bewildered sometimes yeah? so therefore we need the guidance of a pure devotee in order to understand the Shastra so we can actually understand this when we have references as Prabhupada will give in the purport he gives references from the uh, what is that Bhagavad Gita also then we will understand why is this translated as so-called knowledge? <clears throat> because if you just if you just read that it is knowledge instead of so-called knowledge, you will <laughs> it will come to a kind of um, translation like this. Those who engage in the culture of ignorance or ignorant activities or nascent activities shall enter into the darkest region of ignorance. Worse still are those engaged in the culture of knowledge. That means it is better to be ignorant than to be knowledgeable. So that, that goes completely opposite, then why are we even reading? This is knowledge, right? So why are we even studying these scriptures if this is a path to more, uh, worse than ignorance? So it, it, that doesn't make sense. So we have to understand uh, that this Vidyayam Rataha is, is false knowledge as we will understand from the purport as we read on. So now, so that part is translated tato bhuya evatetamo ya uvidyayam. Actually, it's just quite straightforward the translation. If you map it with the verse, you will, you will understand. Now, coming to the purport. One second, just hold on. Alright, so there was a guest uh, in the temple. <clears throat> okay, um, purport. This mantra offers a comparative study of vidya and avidya. Avidya or ignorance is undoubtedly dangerous. But vidya or knowledge is even, is even more dangerous when mistaken or misguided. So, quite easy to understand. This mantra of Sri Ishopanishad is more applicable today than at any time in the past. Modern civilization has advanced considerably in the field of mass education. See, modern civilization has advanced considerably in the field of mass education. But the result is that people are more unhappy than ever before because of the stress placed on material advancement to the exclusion of the most important part of life, the spiritual aspect. This is so important. So, modern civilization has advanced uh, considerably in the field of mass education. We can see there is this so-called education. They call it education, but we don't really call it education from the Vedic perspective, from the Vedic standpoint. We call it um, an art of livelihood. It's not really education there. So, real education means to understand who we are, who is God, why are we suffering in this world, um, why 
I mean, suffering means birth, death, old age disease. Why these things happen? And not just not just these four. There's tapatraya, other kinds of suffering, suffering from my own body and mind, suffering from others, and suffering from the demigods in the form of disasters, calamities, and such. So, why do these things happen? And how can I get out of this suffering? And what is my relationship with God? This constitutes the field of spiritual knowledge. And in 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 the terms of Vedas, this is actually knowledge. Others are not really, they may go on in the name of knowledge. That is actually called Vidyayamrata. Vidyayam in this verse refers to that. What goes on in the name of knowledge, but is actually a feature of ignorance. We will understand, we will have more clarity as we read on. If, despite so much education in the, in the present um, 20th and 21st century now, People are more unhappy than ever before because they are getting disconnected from God. As soon as we get disconnected from God, that's when our unhappiness starts. Uh, Krishna, Rama, Rama means the reservoir of pleasure. So, pleasure or happiness is gotten when we connect with Rama or Krishna. Ramante yoginonante satyanande chidatmani iti Rama padenasau. Param Brahma So, just by chanting the name of Rama, uh, the transcendentalists, they get so much uh, happiness. Uh, anante, Ramante Yogina Anante, unlimited pleasure. That unlimited pleasure we can get when we connect with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, we, as far as we get from the Lord, that much we will be unhappy. But sometimes, in our illusion, because of the influence of Maya is so great, that we take this knowledge to be, uh, sorry, ignorance to be knowledge and we take unhappiness to be happiness. That is explained in the Srimad Bhagavatam 3.30.9. So here we can see Griheshu Kuta Dharmeshu Dukha Tantreshvatandritaha Kurvan Dukha Pratekaram Sukhavan Manyate Grihi. The attached householder remains in his family life, which is full of diplomacy and politics. Um, we're not talking about Griheshu means house in, in the house. But we're not talking about just the house. Griha also means this body, which is a house for the soul. Griha also means our house. And Griha also means this material world, which we have accepted as our home now, because of our illusion. So, all these things, all these things are referred to when we say Griha. So, Griheshu, the attached householder, that means the person attached to this material life, or attached to this body, or attached to his household, remains in his family life. You know, whatever our definition of family may be, Apart from the entire uh, actual understanding of family, which is Vasudhaiva Kutumbakam, the, um, the entire world is our family because Aham Bija Pradah Pita, Krishna is the father of everyone and everybody is his children, and therefore we are one family. That is the real family conception. Any other family conception of family is actually a product of ignorance, whether that be our immediate family members' kind of family or Sometimes we become more philanthropic or 
a little more uh, we, we take on some charitable causes like um, empowerment of women or empowerment of blacks or empowerment of um, you know um, children or something like that or humanity or something like that or building some hospitals schools you know these things um, are taken as you know and and the beneficiaries of those charitable activities we take them as family also we try to you know <clears throat> help them as if they are our family so in this way and sometimes we you know they fight for animal rights so in this way there are so many uh, levels to which we consider as our family as our own and sometimes when people of one interest they are called swajati swajati so like um, suppose there is a footballer footballers so uh, there will be a football club where all the footballers everybody who wants to play football they go to that club and they become friends they become like a family you know they they share things among each other so with interest based like that's how facebook is also i mean the social media are, are you know growing because they have interest based uh, basis so what are you uh, interested in and you have a specific facebook group for that you know like this there are so many kinds of families we make so not just the family life but all these family you know without krishna consciousness ritartham yat pratiyat anything that appears of value but is without relation to me that is maya so that is avidya that is ignorance so the attached household remains in this family life which is full of diplomacy and politics anywhere whether in your workplace whether in your your sports club or sometimes in the teams you know sometimes um, yeah, you know there's some politics everywhere there's politics involved right diplomacy and politics and sometimes in the house or among relatives or among friend circles and nationally there is politics international politics there is politics at every level you know going on so whenever we are in this material what is politics actually what is the definition of politics prabhupada defined it very nicely in one place um, whether it was a conversation or a lecture i do not remember but he defined it very nicely politics and diplomacy means how to um behave tactfully so that my sense gratification interests are protected that is politics if he can help me in my sense gratification i will make friends with him and i will you know uh, we will be friends actually i'm not interested in that friendship i'm interested in my sense gratification and if he can help me uh, i will do something for him so this is how business trade happens so what i can get for the service i provide there's not really a uh, um a selfless um this thing uh, intention there Uh, only a devotee can be selfless he has nothing to gain from the, from preaching in fact he may be even uh, attacked like prahlad maharaj uh, haridas thakur they were attacked so this this can happen there will be so many risks while when preaching among the um, non religious people so i mean jesus christ also was crucified so in this way there will be so many challenges but still to help others the devotees they go out and preach so only he can be selfless everybody else they all are um, selfish in their in their motives and to to um, scheme uh, to scheme how to protect my sense gratification and increase it 
and protect it from anything that may hamper my sense gratification. And when I say sense gratification, not just of my sense, but of my family's senses as well. My family's sense gratification. Not just the immediate biological families, but also these um, interest-based families, communities, uh, national, international, any of these um, or race, you know, species. So in this way, any of these things that we consider in our head, the family life is just in our head. It's not, it's not a fact, right? Actually, there is no such thing. Even if uh, my father or mother or brother or sister, they are not really my family because that is the body. It's based on the body. The soul is what I am. And the soul is not related as, as son or father to a particular person in this material world. We all are children of Krishna. With Krishna, we have a relation. The soul has a relation. But as a soul, we don't have without Krishna. If we With Krishna, yes, we are all related. When we bring Krishna into the picture, we can find, we can understand our relationship with everybody else uh, as one family. But if you, if we don't have the uh, conception of God, and then actually there is no truth to this so-called family uh, relationships, uh, relationships that we try to make in this material world. So that is a fact. But because I think this is my family, therefore it becomes very important in my head. It is all in our thinking actually. So the Maya is nowhere else but in our heart, in our minds. This is where the Maya is actually. Because in this same world, the pure devotee can live without any, without any um, disturbance of these thoughts of attachment. Why? Because he is not thinking in that way. So the whole attachment is in our thinking. Now, so this family, always spreading miseries and controlled by acts of sense gratification, he acts just to counteract the reactions of all his miseries. If we see all endeavors in this material world, we are just trying to counteract the miserable condition in this material world. We are not really making any progress other than that. Even such great uh, attempts, like you know, going into space and trying to explore other planets, they all are again meant for the same thing that they want to uh, solve or um, what counteract some miseries that, are, that they are experiencing on the earth. They think, for example, firstly, to be in ignorance is a misery itself. We want to always know more. That is the nature. We are not satisfied with ignorance. We, we want to know something more. So that's when that itself is, is kind of misery. But then, like Stephen Hawking, you know, the, the atheist and physicist, so-called genius physicist. So he, he said that if we don't take seriously interplanetary travel and um, uh, try to look for a residence other than just this earth, then by 2500 AD, the entire earth will just burst into flames because, of, because it cannot afford anymore um, to, to house all the population. This is his, his stupid theory. But that, that is how they think. And to justify that, um, I mean to justify their space travels, they have these kind of reasonings. Oh, by 2500 we will not have any more place to live. We don't have enough supplies on earth. So we need another planet to, um, we, we need two planets. That's what they think. But Hiranyakashipu, it, actually the quest will never end. Because like Hiranyakashipu, he had all the planets in the world, in the universe. But still he was not satisfied. 
so we will never actually be satisfied it's not just we will be satisfied with two planets no we will never we always want to have all the planets that innate tendency to compete with the lord is the is the prime mover of things in this material world and that's how we are uh, you know trying to act in this material world we want to become the lord as much as we can now when we can't do more than that then we will compromise okay you know what I, I'll, i'll just stay here but if we did have a chance we will try more hmm so that's how we usually work in this material world so in this material world the attached household remains in his family life which is full of diplomacy and politics always spreading miseries and control by acts of sense gratification he acts just to counteract the reactions of his miseries and if he can successfully counteract such miseries he thinks that he is happy so our idea of happiness is a very uh, perverted one um, it, it is not about being happy it is just counteracting the miserable conditions and we think that is happiness so in this way um we have a wrong sense of knowledge we have a wrong sense of happiness in this material world and sometimes we chase that so that is how maya works uh, although we are ignorant we think we are knowledgeable like the scientists you know they think they have all knowledge in the world you know they think you know they're very very intelligent but actually they don't even have the knowledge of who even they are so actually it's ignorance so it looks like knowledge so that is very dangerous so vidya or knowledge is even more dangerous when mistaken or misguided this mantra of shri ishopanish is more applicable today than at any time in the past you see because we, we are advancing in the so called mass education but then people are becoming more and more unhappy so how is it matching up knowledge should give happiness right real knowledge should be liberating and should give happiness but it's conditioning us more and more it, it is making us more and more dependent on the resources of material nature for example say self driving cars um it is seemingly offering us freedom like you know i can sit down in the car i, I don't have to worry about you know whether i'm f- dozing off or you know whether i'm you know inattentive answering a phone call or something like that i can just sit and the car will just drive and if there is traffic it will automatically stop and you know change lanes by itself and everything they are promising that so it is apparently giving us more freedom but what in fact is happening is that we are becoming more dependent on the resources of nature all the devices we created i mean today we have a water bottle <laughs> yesterday was pandav nirjali kadasi just 3 hours of talking is um, you know <laughs> so difficult sukadev goswami and parishit maharaj they spoke for 7 days and nights without drinking water and without any food just imagine you know how much you know advanced that is so anyway coming back um we are becoming more and more dependent on the resources like that car for self driving has so many sensors and it has to have a proper gps connection and the connection has to be really good and also snappy because it has to be very fast if anything if the weather is you know a little bit not so you know favorable then actually the car stops of course they have those safety measures but still we are now entirely dependent on how these things work and if something goes wrong we are completely gone 
Whereas if we drive, there is some control. So actually, that is what we are doing. We, we are not becoming independent of the resources of this world, but we are becoming ever more dependent on it. But we think we are becoming more and more. F- like for example, another, another simple example, calculator. When I was in school, uh, like 20 years ago, uh, we used to um, calculate everything in the head. We are not allowed to use calculators, uh, whether in exams or whether in the class, we are not, we're not allowed to use them. We just have to calculate everything in the head. You know? But these days, calculators are allowed and children they are using calculators. So, <clears throat> that's actually taking away some of the processing power in the brain. We are outsourcing that to the, the device. So, we are not exercising our brains, we are not exercising our uh, capability our capacity and to even make it make matters worse they have some video games and all that so that you absolutely don't need to engage at all just just be a fool on those you know playing those games and don't use your brain at all so these are just i mean crude examples but the thing is we are ever becoming more dependent on the material nature than becoming independent from it and whereas real vidya real knowledge that we learn in the bhagavad gita sri shopanishad Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, this knowledge will make us liberated from the control of the material world. How to get out of the control of the material world? That's why um, Brahmachari, you know, Brahmachari, uh, Vanaprastha, Sanyas, they are without even family life. Because when we get into the family life, we get into this entanglement, getting controlled by the material nature more. So, as much as possible, that is restricted. In Grahasthashram, yes, there is limited association with women, but in the other ashrams, there is no association with women. So, in that way, you know, we are in the whole Vedic uh, civilization is about getting afar from the the control of material nature and becoming independent of it, and you know, becoming more dependent on the Lord. That is the whole point. Hmm. <coughs> So, the problem with material nature, the modern civilization is that there is so much advancement seemingly. We are not exactly condemning that. But as Prabhupada said, because of the stress placed on material advancement to the exclusion of the most important part of life, which is the spiritual aspect, that is what against. We are not even against the technology or the advancement or anything like that. We are against... The, the forgetting of God. Prabhupada said, you can advance in technology, fine, but don't forget God. Not at the cost of forgetting God, not at the for- cost of forgetting ourselves in the process. That is a sign of ignorance. As far as Vidya is concerned, the first mantra has explained very clearly that the Supreme Lord is the proprietor of everything and that forgetfulness of this fact is ignorance. This is the definition of knowledge and ignorance. So that is the first shloka of Ishopanishad. That is knowledge. To know, as uh, in the Bhagavad Gita also 5.29, if you remember. Bhoktaram yajna tapasam sarva loka maheshwaram suhridam sarva bhutanam gyatvamam shanti mrichati. A person in full consciousness of me 
knowing me to be the ultimate beneficiary of all sacrifices, the supreme lord of all planets and demigods, and the benefactor and well-wisher of all living entities, attains peace from the pangs of material miseries. So there are three things we have to know. What is the three things a pundit should know? A really learned, learned man should know. Krishna is the beneficiary of all sacrifices. First thing. He is to be satisfied by every, every single endeavor. Next. Um, Sarvaloka Maheshwaram. He is the owner and proprietor of everything. We are only using or occupying our bodies or our places wherever we are on tenancy. Not by ownership. It is. We are not owners here. We are tenants here. God is the only owner of everything. And finally, God is the supreme friend of everyone. Everybody wants to help others, but they do not know how to help. They help the body. They don't help the soul. Only God comes here. Krishna comes. Dharma samsthapanarthaya. He is coming here to actually help us. Help means to put an end to the problems once and for all. That is real help. Not some patchwork help. You know, uh, you know, just like you know, um, circumstantial help to put a complete stop to all miseries, one stop solution. That is real help. You stop one misery and then start another misery. <coughs> That's not real help. With technology, with science, <coughs> they are trying to solve some problem, but they are actually bringing in another problem. Like they want to reduce the problem of um what is that travel speed if you want to go from one place to another they wanted to cut down the travel time now for that they had built this whole automobile industry with roads and you know cars and pollution now so to <laughs> so we have cars yes we did solve the problem cars we have we have trains we have aeroplanes we have all kinds of modes of transport now so, yes, the traveling in, in a short time, that is made possible, very much. But then, at what cost? There is pollution, there is risks of accidents, so much. And it is such horrible work, such um, strenuous work to build the entire network system. I mean, the road network system and the air controls, the avionics and everything. I mean, the, the entire endeavor to do that reduce the travel time is so much that almost people's entire lives are just spent on these things uh, of course you may say oh that is creating employment though i mean you don't have to create these artificial things to create employment you have to know the art of employment according to vedic uh, uh, civilization we already have a perfect plan for employment brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra According to your aptitude, you can be employed as a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, Sudra. But now, the employment that it is creating is Shudra employment. There is no Brahmana, Brahmanas, there is no full vacancy of Brahmanas. No, nobody occupying the Brahmanas posts. Kshatriyas, practically nil. Vaishyas, practically nil. Very few. Agriculture and cow protection and trade. But nowadays people are interested in trade, business but not really on the platform of agriculture and cow protection so real vaishyas are also very very less shudras yes a lot and because the education system so called education system in the modern civilization is churning out 
Shudra. What is a Shudra? Shudra means he has to be employed by others. That is Shudra, basically. So, our education gets us to a position where we can be employed by others. That is the modern education. Because after the education, you need to get a job. To get a job means to be employed. So, that is Shudra. Whereas, Brahmanas, they don't work for anybody. They, their duty is, they you know, read the Vedic literature, they explain it to others. They perform sacrifices for their own purification and they perform sacrifices for others. Like for example, we do Japa, chanting of Hare Krishna. So, for our own purification and then we do Kirtan for everybody's purification and benefit. And just not everybody's purification only, it actually satisfies the demigods, Krishna, everybody. So, even the natural supplies like rain which are so important, our food is dependent on it. That is produced by Yajna as evinced in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 3, text 14. Annad bhavanti bhutani parjanyad sambhava yajnad bhavati parjanyo yajna karma samudbhavaha. So, yajna, in, in Kali Yuga, the yajna is Sankirtan yajna. Sankirtan yajna means congregational chanting. So, that um, is Brahmana's job. And how does he earn livelihood then? Uh, dana pratigraha. You know, whoever can donate whatever, he will just use that. And then whatever excess he has, he will, he will give away. So, donation means previously they used to get some rice or something whatever they used to grow on their fields or some cow products milks or something or they have some yogurt or you know some some milk sweets whatever it is which can be produced on one's own land you don't necessarily have to you know have a job and you know money and all these things you can just grow them on your own land and then you know whenever they meet the brahmanas or something the the, the system is to bring some you know small gifts or something and the brahmanas will have students and they will also bring some rice and you know whatever some vegetables and dal and all this and that's a very simple life very very simple life brahmanas live like that that is also employment that is very important to think of money is 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 not the aim of being employed employed means we have to give some positive service to the society in the matter of advancement of the whole society's krishna consciousness that was the whole Varnashram system, that everybody must, with their work, they must advance in Krishna consciousness. Not just to work to um, earn a livelihood. Earn a livelihood is actually one of the aspects of work. And that is not the main aspect at all. The main aspect, the real aspect of um, working is to provide valuable service to others. So, you see how important the Brahmana's job is. He has to educate others in the in these spiritual principles and keep them on track because human life we can easily go astray so the brahmana's duty is to keep everybody on track by sharing the spiritual knowledge all the time that is their duty and then there is kshatriya who administer the state affairs the country's affairs according to the instructions of the brahmanas who are who advise the kshatriyas on the basis of shastra so again um the, the spiritual advancement of the public is of the utmost importance, is of prime importance, not the economic development of the public. But the spiritual economics are already will already be taken care of if you take care of the spiritual aspect. Spirit powers matter, as we have 314 Bhagavad Gita. Economics doesn't have to be very complicated. Economics in, in Vedic economics is if you have enough food enough clothing, enough shelter, that's it, that's the end of economics. 
that is as much as we would actually need in terms of economics we just need to survive and be fairly comfortable that's it the rest of the time is just we have to be very very serious in cultivating spiritual life so that is the real aim of human life now because that whole spiritual life the the real thing about the real mission of human life is completely ignored they don't know what to do with the all the time so they spend the entire time of their lives in earning livelihood and seeing how i can amass more and more wealth so in this way time is wasted energy and efforts and endeavors everything are wasted and finally the result what is the result he will have to leave all that he has earned and go empty handed to the next life and start all over again and may not be even in the human form so it is not even starting at the same point it is going down retrograde so what is even what is the point of all these things so called advancement this is actually avidya that's why it's even worse than so called ignorance huh? this so called culture of knowledge is even worse than ignorance because we think we are doing something you know but actually we are doing worse so as far as vidya is concerned the first mantra has explained very clearly that the supreme lord is the pro- proprietor of everything um and that forgetfulness of this fact is ignorance the more man forgets in this fact of life the more he is in darkness asuriya namate loka andhena tamasavrita they are being blind in the third verse of the ishopanishad i hope you remember that what is the andha in today's verse is andham tamah pravishanti here असुरियानामतेलोकांधेनतमसावृताधम so this is what happens when we do not follow the ishavasa principle see that the more a man forgets his fact of life the more he is in darkness in view of this a godless civilization directed toward the so called advancement of education is more dangerous than a civilization in which the masses of people are less educated now in the those who are so called less educated in this world they are farmers you know farmers they are seen as not so educated right at least they are doing the natural occupation that a human being should do farming but um those who are so called educated they go to the cities they will go to this industrialization which is even worse than okay even if your farmer is not um spiritual you see farmer is just the natural way a human being should be like grow your own food have your own cows that is the natural way a human being should live according to the vedic uh, scriptures and that is actually the most natural way ordained by the lord but then the so called knowledge what it does is not that the farmer is actually spiritual yet that is a good platform where he can sufficiently take care of his material needs so because unless you have the peace of mind that okay my you know material needs are taken care of you know you are always worrying about it and you can't have time for spiritual advancement right so for to to cater to that so therefore there is this agriculture and cow protection but then when that is neglected 
when that is actually you know foregone it is it is no more followed then we have to go to industrialization cities is even farther away from the natural arrangement made by the lord and in industrialization in the, in the urban life the entire um, the entire time is taken up just by you know this rush hour first of all you have to travel great distances and in, in you know in commute and then go there and then you know in in artificial settings of factories and it is ugra karma you have to spend like like in singapore they they work 12 hours a day 10 to 12 hours a day so that's how i mean it is one of the metropolitan cities of the world but you see how difficult it is to maintain yourself in these cities and the, they say the standard of life, uh, living is very high it basically means the cost of living is very high so you have to spend you know i get some surprised when i go to countries like australia or new zealand when the price of the the place is so low compared to singapore in singapore a small piece of you know small flat costs million dollars already so you know this is not the case in in those countries where the population is more sparsely you know distributed so this is not the case and they have vast amount of land for very little cost acres and acres of land <laughs> the cost that they pay the price that they pay for that is less than what we pay for a small um, flat here so it, it's <clears throat> and to maintain that you have to work hard so it is just this uh, what is it called um, uh, wheel the mouse wheel the rat wheel where the mouse is just like you know going on and on and on but it never goes anywhere because it's just revolving what is it called mouse wheel i think so so anyway so that it, it is like that in this urban setting and so much time has to be spent you know in just keeping yourself afloat you know not even going anywhere so that is going even farther away from so called ignorance of the people who can't work in the cities they are just farmers at least they are they are somewhat following the nature's i mean the proper way of human civilization again they have to be given spiritual knowledge also that is that is the um the whole point of uh, human civilization it's not just to farm and then have your own food and you know that, that's it no it has to be also spiritual knowledge has to be administered but at least the material aspect is taken care of in the proper way but in the urban way of life no it's is against the material way of life and the spiritual way of life and that's why it's even worse than the so called less educated people of this world also we have because of the so called education scientific advancement people have now created nuclear weapons and caused even more danger to the world than would have been possible otherwise and they have created pollution they have created plastics i mean it is 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 choking the entire ecosystem all these things have, are products of so called knowledge a non educated farmer if he just grows his own crops and maintains cows will not cause any of this nonsense you know there is prabhupada said um four classes of people the lazy intelligent the busy intelligent the lazy fool and the busy fool you know so this intelligence and um uh, busyness so the brahmanas are considered lazy intelligent they are the first class 
why why lazy is so good so they are lazy in terms of material activities but they are very very alert in terms of spiritual activities though so they are intelligent that is why they are alert in spiritual activities but they are lazy they are not creating big big plans for you know what is my 5 year plan what is my 10 year plan they are not they are not interested in making any plans in this material world they just you know interested in getting knowledge about krishna and cultivating their devotional life and sharing this with everybody that's it they work for the benefit of everyone um because they don't make plans because they already know the plan of the lord and they just execute on those plans that's why it's called anarambhan that's what krishna likes i think it's in the 12th chapter of bhagavad gita 16th verse if i'm not wrong let me see it is said not this or is it 17 ಉದಾಸೀನೋಗತವ್ಯಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ಟಿವಿಟೀಸ್ who is pure expert without cares free from all pains and not striving for some result is very dear to me so a brahmana he is not striving for some result as we know in the nectar of instruction in the second verse what is that atyahara prayasa prayasa means to over endeavor for material advancement or for acquiring material you know assets so these things are actually detrimental for our spiritual growth they are actually features of avidya so we have to stay away from them and that's when we will make progress so the brahmana is like that so he is therefore considered as lazy in the matter of material life <laughs> and a brahmana's way of um distributing knowledge is that if anybody gives him something he will take otherwise he will not ask anything whereas we see nowadays that you know there are so many online coaching gurus and all these things you know if you go to the internet you know even when i am trying to upload this video after this recording when we upload this video to youtube there is some advertisement already there some some online guru teaching some course for a fee and all that and they try to make huge money you know thousands of dollars with something they want to teach so brahmana is not even considering like that he just distributes uh, even you know those who students who give him very little things uh, he is satisfied fine so uh, freely he distributes knowledge uh, so that is he is not even making plans that's why he is considered so called lazy but intelligent lazy intelligent and then the kshatriya is called busy intelligent he is intelligent but he is busy because he had deals with this material world and he actually uh, uh, what administers the whole kingdom according to the direction of the brahmanas and he you know he sometimes have to also employ the diplomatic um, uh, devices like you know what is that called sam abhe sa what is that danda sam bheda forget the four diplomatic so um all these diplomatic features i mean we have he has to learn everything and all that um so he has to implement all those things 
in life. So the Brahmanas guide the Kshatriyas and the Kshatriyas actually do it. And then the third class person is called um, lazy fool. Usually the Vaishyas. Uh, they just have their own land and you know they have and they're fool and in the, in the sense that they're not very advanced in spiritual knowledge, but they're lazy in terms of material thing. Because they have already have they are, they are going by the terms of you know um, what is actually uh, provisioned for human life, farming and cow protection in that way. And busy fool is a shudra. He is busy and fool also. So he is the most dangerous person. If he is misled, especially if the shudra is serving the other three classes, then it is all right. And if the vaishyas are also giving their donations, whatever they are to the Brahmana community, to the Kshatriya community, who are, you know, actually advancing the cause of Krishna consciousness in this world, that's all right. And if the Shudras also help the other classes, that's all right. They are in the proper channel. But when there are no Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaishya, then the Shudras will become, you know, the busy fools. They will just create havoc. So the busy fool is the worst person. So he is not, an, if he is fool, if he is lazy, at least he will not spread the foolishness. But if he is busy, he will spread the foolishness that he has. And today, uh, in the name of education, in the name of knowledge, every, every, this foolishness is spread. And they are creating nuclear weapons and they are thinking that this is advancement of science. And it, now the world is in much more danger. Okay, let's go to back to the verse. Okay. That's why the so-called advancement of education is more dangerous than a civilization in which the masses of people are less educated. Of the different of the different classes of men, karmis, jnanis, and yogis, the karmis are those who are engaged in the activities of sense gratification. In the modern civilization, 99.9% of the people are engaged in the activities of sense gratification under the flags of industrialism, economic development, altruism, political activism, and so on. This is all so much busyness. Our modern urban civilization is full of busyness, industrialization, big, big industries, this, that, everybody is busy working, rush hour, this, that, all foolishness, and all not based on God consciousness. And they, they are proud of creating employment by, by creating jobs, by, you know, doing this industrialization, but it is because they are producing so many shudras from the education system, therefore they have to create so many jobs for shudras, otherwise the shudras will be unemployed. But if... Some people are trained as Brahmanas, Kshatriyas and Vaishyas. Then everybody will be employed. There is so much vacancy there, it's not, it's not taken up. Everybody is just trained to be a Shudra and there is not enough jobs and that's why there is unemployment uh, threatening everybody. Uh, so this is the actual cause. Instead of just creating more jobs, instead of creating more foolish jobs, they should understand that there are other jobs which are completely ignored. The other dimensions of human life, which is actually the real dimension of human life, Spiritual aspect is completely ignored and if you actually try to uh, pay attention there, then we have enough people with, you know, and uh, enough employment for everybody. All these activities are more or less based on satisfaction of the senses to the exclusion of the kind of God consciousness described in the first mantra. Hmm. sarvam. In the language, so these are all attractive ways of avidya altruism, economic development, uh, political activism, you know, how much, just, just observe now, how much of our news and everything that is shown in the world today, uh, 
is just these things political activism you know there is politics going on you know different countries you know one country you know mudslinging another and even within the countries there are some you know like like in usa now there is some protests going on so these are all political activism you know all these things and then econo- <laughs> economic development you know jobs how people are losing jobs and how governments are coming up with budgets to you know um, contract this covid-19 pandemic and how the trade the stock market much of our news is just this and what is the other thing altruism or somebody is you know like you know doing some charity work all based on body it's not based on the spiritual life so you know it, this is all not um, based on ishavasa conception is just their own way of doing charity they are trying to be the friend of everyone instead of understanding that krishna is already the friend of everyone we just have to broadcast the message of krishna the real friend so they are trying to help in this charity by way of these charitable causes and what is the other thing industrialized industrialism you know this manufacturing you know like automobiles or, or or devices like gadgets like phones and so many diverse things in the name of industrialism and how these industries are working and much of our consumption of news and everything is these things and they have made industry out of sports you know industry out of everything they have made an industry out of these things so all these activities are more or less based on the satisfaction of the senses to the exclusion of the kind of god consciousness described in the first mantra okay in the language of bhagavad gita 7.15 people who are engaged in gross sense gratification are moodhas asses the ass is a symbol of stupidity so let's go to 7.15 what is that namam duskrutino moodhah prapadyante naradhamah ಮಾಯಾಪಹರಿತಜ್ಞಾನಾಸುರಂಭಾವಮಾಶ್ರಿತಾ they talk like big educated people but they don't surrender to krishna they're all useless people and here in today's was they are compared to asses moodha and those who are engaged in gross sense gratification are moodhas uh, these are not the so called educated people but just people who are like completely only into sense gratification they're not even interested in education or nothing they're called asses the ass is a symbol of stupidity those who simply engage in the profitless pursuit of sense gratification are worshiping avidya according to sri shopanishad i like this uh, phrase profitless pursuit of sense gratification i think there is a movie title mm. like that pursuit of happiness and if you just translate that into our terms krishna conscious terms happiness means sense gratification for them uh whether it be on the gross senses or on the mental platform manoranjan as i say entertainment that is also kind of sense gratification so pursuit of happiness can be translated as prof- pursuit of sense gratification but because that sense gratification does not yield permanent results because we have to leave everything and go from here there's no profit actually so it's actually profitless pursuit of sense gratification that should actually be the real name so those who are simply those who simply engage in the profitless pursuit of sense gratification are worshiping avidya 
This is called worshipping. Worshipping does not mean we have avidya statue and then we have to <laughs> do arati for it. That is not only worship. <clears throat> if we idolize something, if we take something as our role model or somebody as our role model, that is worshipping also. All Just like when you worship Krishna, what do you do? Not just arati is worshipping Krishna. Devotional service is you know, made with these nine forms. Hearing about him, chanting his name or his qualities and remembering him. So the same things, if you apply to not Vishnu, if you, um, Shravanam Kirtanam, not Kirtanam, Kirtanam is actually for Vishnu, but if we glorify or if we hear about or if we remember, whatever we idolize, if somebody, suppose somebody idolizes, um, you, know, you know, these fan clubs, sometimes these sports people, you know, in India, Sachin Tendulkar, oh, Everybody idolizes, you know, big, big cricketer and nowadays I think he already retired. So, so there are some other people. So in the sports fields, in the, in, in the, you know, in the academic field, there are maybe Abdul Kalam, for example, in India. And in other countries, we have, say, um, soccer players or there are basketball players. Recently, one of them died, Kobe Bryant. So, oh, everybody, the whole world was, you know, crying and everybody was moved. Everybody was emotional. And, uh, you know, they made a big deal out of it. Somebody died. And <clears throat> these people are given so much hype. This is idolizing. And what is the spiritual um, subject in all these things? You know, it is said, a disciple should cry when a spiritual master leaves this world. That crying is actually meaningful. Uh, because, yes, although in the Bhagavad Gita we learn that, you know, the soul never dies or something. But because of the separation that one feels, because the real attachment is to be with devotees. And if we cannot associate with devotees and if we cry, that is alright. That is actually real crying. But if we cry for some materialistic personality, there is no profit. There is no profit in that. Um, so, they are idolizing these people and what they say and what ideals they believe in. So, if we remember these people, if we talk about these people, if we hear about these people, then that is also worshipping. Just like when we apply those things to Krishna, that is worshipping Krishna. But then if we apply those things to others, that is worshipping. It's not just about Arati. That, that's not, or if you put a picture and then put Mala and do offering for him. him. Not just that. If you idolize that person, idolize that idea, of material advancement, these things you are worshipping it. So, avidya, if we hear about materialistic advancement, if we talk about materialistic advancement, if we remember materialistic advancement and how, uh, we, how to make plans, you know, if we are planning to make, uh, how to maybe start a business and how to scheme all these things. So, these is worshipping avidya. Shravanam Kirtanam Vishnu Smaranam or Shravanam Kirtanam Avidya Smaranam. You know, if we, if that is what our consciousness is filled with, we are worshipping that. That is worship. And those who play the role of helping this sort of civilization in the name of educational advancement are actually doing more harm than those who are on the platform of gross sense gratification. Now you see. Now, this is very important. Those who play... Now, this is so important. Hmm. 
those who play the role of helping this sort of civilization in the name of education advancement are actually doing more harm than those who are on the platform of gross sense gratification. Okay, let's have some graphical understanding of this sentence now. For example, people spend meaningless hours on Facebook and, and all the social media, right? So that is gross sense gratification. It's just like absolute foolishness, just like scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, just laughing at some cat videos and some dog videos and some prank video videos and you know, just spending life like, like that, wasting away our life. That is gross sense gratification. There is neither material profit nor spiritual profit in those activities. That's bad. Or those who just play games on their, you know, on their devices. I see sometimes, you know, when, when before this pre-COVID-19 days, so when we used to go in the public transport and everybody was busy on their phones and, you know, sometimes you feel like, wow, everybody's like, like communicating and then really doing something productive and you know, materially at least. But when you actually look over their shoulder, look at what they're doing, playing some stupid game, you know, like what is a candy crush? I mean, what you will get out of that? What do you get out of that? You, you get some material skill or you get some spiritual skill, nothing. Or some, or all sophisticated video games, what you will get out of that? Nothing. But people spend so many hours. So on the social media, on games, on, or on simply, um, you know, meaningless chat and everything. So now that is gross sense gratification and or watching movies, you know, which is, which is without any spiritual this thing. So all these things are so, they have created so many things to um, consume our time. Now, those who actually consume those things, they are kind of foolish. <clears throat> but now you see, to make those social media work, we need engineers, we need psychological experts. In fact, all these social media platforms, they have counselors from the field of psychology, experts, absolute experts, because they need to play on the psychology of the people. Basically, they want people to stay on their platform as long as they can, can keep them. So, they will create features in that, in that interface, in that, in that app or in the social media, which will keep you more and more in that platform uh, or those games or whatever they may be. They want to keep you on the, their platforms and therefore they have so many things that may, you know, um, like, like for example, <clears throat> uh, I think there is this feature on the Facebook or something or even in YouTube, I think. So where you, you, you play the video and once the video is finished, automatically the next video will play, automatically the next video will play. And it's even worse in TikTok. You know, in, in YouTube, on, on Facebook, you, you, you got to choose, you got, you got to actually tap on the video to really make that play. But in TikTok, the moment you open the app, you know, because I, I do some videos on TikTok, I mean, Krishna conscious videos, but I just want to make a video. But when I open the app, it already plays some video for me. And then just, just people they scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. So they want to put these things into their apps, which make the people just glued to their screens, you know, into their apps. So those people who are creating these devices, these programs for people to just stay foolish, they, that is what is there. Those who play the role of helping this sort of civilization in the name of educational advancement. See, those people who create and the engineers who actually 
code you know write the code for these these apps and these these things they are they have to be some they have to have some intelligence right they are not those who code are not those people who just who just you know play those who just play and do nothing else they can't really code so it requires a little more intelligent effort to do those things but those things what they're doing with those things providing facility for the foolish people to remain foolish and just in this in this profitless pursuit of sense gratification so those who play the role of helping this sort of civilization in the name of educational advancement are actually doing more harm than those who are on the platform of gross sense gratification so they these these intelligent people so called materially intelligent people they are just making a civilization which will keep people working all their lives and any free time just just while away with this games and with these stupid things and that is a so called education and they are not having any spiritual nobody even the so called educated or not educated nobody has any spiritual knowledge and in this way they will have problems with in relationships because their character is not first class so then there is divorce then there is uh, all all kinds of fightings and bickering and you know um, crimes are going on all these things are by products of so called education system they can't they and they can't even see that they can't even see that so these things are happening because of a lack of spiritual knowledge if the heart is clean nobody wants to do any crime nobody wants to do anything wrong and if everybody is employed according to the brahmana kshatriya vaishya shudra the varnashram system there will be no unemployment and nobody need to be thieves and everybody can just be honestly engaged in their own occupations and meaningfully engaged in their own occupation not just engaged you know sometimes people say um, you know just sit, sitting around is useless we have to do something always yeah but don't be busy foolish at least be busy intelligent and do something but with intelligence so the the brahmana is very intelligent and very busy in spiritual activities but so called lazy in material activities um, but a kshatriya is busy in material activities but he is also having spiritual knowledge vaishyas they are lazy uh, even materially and spiritually spiritually they are a bit actually they are not really um, um, back because they are intelligent that's why it's called lazy intelligent they are lazy on in the terms of uh, material activities but they are intelligent enough to understand what is the aim of life and the busy intelligent i'm uh, sorry the busy fool is worse he is busy in material activities and he is foolish completely so that's what this modern civilization is churning out busy fools and they the 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 so called educated people they are facilitating this so that's why everything is going on i mean the divorce rates are going so high they can't even maintain a family because why the so called education just doesn't develop the character and character is based on humility and humility one can get if one is trained under a bona fide spiritual master so without these things in place we can't get humility and character and also not just humility we should also understand knowledge so that is real base of character knowledge and humility vidya vinaya sampanne brahmane gavihastini so these two things must be there vidya and vinaya so there has to be knowledge and humility gentleness then any relationship will work because first of all you understand that krishna is the real vidya means krishna is the real uh, owner and everything he is the real enjoyer so not me or not because in relationship we want to be the enjoyer 
whether it's husband and wife, whether it's a business, whether it's a nation to nation, you know, each want to be um, protecting their own sense gratification. And therefore, when there is some disturbance, there will be war, fight and divorce, this, that, or so many things and crimes. All these things happen because of these things. So, we have to address the issue at its root, not, not just do some patchwork, you know, kind of uh, solutions, which don't really work, which don't really work. That's why they have so many, you know, uh, welfare programs, crime prevention, this, that, you know, in the so many names they have, but it's just like a complete waste of time and complete, completely, what do you say, inefficient um, programs and huge amounts of money are spent there. Whereas they can have free, free solution just by chanting, by reading, they can have all these things. That's why a devotee has all good qualities automatically. Mm. You see, uh, 1.42 in Bhagavad Gita. Doshai retai kulagnanam varna sankarakarakai utsadhyante jati dharma kuladharmascha By the evil deeds of those who destroy the family tradition and thus give rise to unwanted children, all kinds of community projects and family welfare activities are devastated. This is what is happening in today's, today's civilization. They have so many community projects and family welfare you know, projects and this and that. It's all going to go down, you know. Nothing, it's not going to help actually. The real thing is spiritual knowledge. Uh, <clears throat> and those who play the role, okay, this we have read. And the advancement of learning by a godless people is as dangerous as a valuable jewel on the hood of a cobra. So this, manina bhushita sarpaha kimasauna bhayankaraha so, the, the jewel on the top of a hood of a snake, it, will, it looks wonderful. The snake looks wonderful actually, with the jewel on top. I have not seen a snake with the jewel on top, but there are so many descriptions of such snakes with jewels. Um, if you just imagine a snake with jewel, shining jewel, um, wow, that's... There are actually, when, when the snake doesn't release its poison, then it becomes a jewel on the head, you know. It comes out as a bright jewel and very shining. So, that's the description. In fact, there is the planet called Rasatala, Rasatal. There, it is a planet of snakes, gigantic snakes and all kinds of snakes, only snakes. Just like this planet is predominantly, I mean not predominantly, we have so many other species, but the main species of um, living here is the humans on this earth, but there is a planet of snakes. The, the main inhabitants of those planet, in that planet is snakes. And that planet, there is absolutely no sunlight in that planet. And how do they get light? Because of the jewel on the head of the snakes. And there are huge snakes there. And so that is that is the description. So these snakes with jewels on the head, they look fabulous, but they are actually dangerous. They are as dangerous as a snake without the hood. And sometimes even more dangerous. Because when danger appears attractive, that is something which is even even more dangerous. Just like the fire. Fire is dangerous, but it's attractive. Just like the moth, those, those fireflies and all these insects, they rush into the fire. Fire is danger, but when the danger is attractive, that's, that's even more, that's even worse. When the danger is not attractive, yeah, you will stay away from it. But when the danger is attractive, that's Maya. Maya is actually danger, but it's attractive danger. 
<laughs> so we fall prey to the such, such attraction just like a hunter there are so many examples of different animals and how they fall uh, how they fall prey to such attractive dangers so <clears throat> like a hunter for a deer sorry deer a deer has a very good sense uh, for music um, so when it hears when the hunter can when the hunter plays a flute oh the deer comes comes very easily and then the hunter just has to just shoot the arrow that's it the deer dies so although it can run so fast but because it gets attracted to danger in the form of sound which 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 looks harmless and that's a beautiful music and uh, melodious music i just go there what happens shot dead so we don't see the 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 what is it called decoy decoy i think that's the word so when when something else is presented to divert your attention from the actual danger but behind it is actually the danger so that's the that's the decoy so these maya is very expert at presenting us these attractive decoys and then the danger just shows up and similarly um, so the the deer because of its ear it it dies and then the um, what is that the tongue the what is that frog frog uses its tongue you know so its throat to make big big sound by by the by that sound it only attracts the attention of the snakes so by his uh, loud shouting he will attract death so he again he is attracted to doing that but that actually causes his death and then we have the elephant how to capture an elephant how do they capture elephants because they train a she elephant to to you know lure a male elephant and the she elephant will you know first of all lure the attract attack attract the male elephant and then she is made to walk in on in a certain way whereas the male elephant when tra- when he tries to follow he will fall into the ditch whereas the female elephant who is trained she will not fall into the ditch ditch but so they dug up a, they dig up a huge ditch you know and they cover it with all grass and you know like like a you know bamboo what is that mesh so when the elephant steps on it it goes down so but in that on that mesh they cover everything so that it looks all fine on the surface and when the elephant steps on it it just goes down and falls into it and that's how an elephant is captured so an elephant is captured by the genitals is attracted to the to having sex with that she elephant and then but then ca- gets captured and dies also you know like um, you know they take their tusks and everything all they get you know they get captured and then they get trained to do some other things so in this way so each um, and the fireflies they see the sight oh the fire wow so bright so attractive yeah then go there and then die so this is how um, each of our senses attracts us and then our pathways to death and um bhagavad gita warns us in the second chapter in the 67th verse indriyanam hi charatam yanmano nuvidhiyate tadasya harati pragyam vayur navam ivam bhasi as a strong wind sweeps away a boat on the water even one of the roaming senses on which the mind focuses can carry away a man's intelligence see that as a, as a strong wind sweeps away a boat on the water even one of the roaming senses on which the mind focuses 
whereas all these animals have those particular senses which are very strong which take them away from their sense the good sense in human life all our senses are as strong the eyes the ears the 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 the, the nose the, the the tongue in the manner of speaking and tasting and the genitals everything is so strong that is human life so we are in much more danger than even the animals and a snake with a jewel on top is attractive attractive danger so it's very dangerous so these people why, why is this thing mentioned a person who is a person a snake is already dangerous so a person who is so called ignorant he is actually like a you know he is is dangerous so he is compared to the snake but a educated person materially educated person he is even more dangerous he is like the snake with the jewel on top which which you know with, with some credentials with the credentials are the jewels basically or oh, phd or bsc or whatever ms double degree double masters all these things so these are all decorations so those decorations don't make him any less dangerous just like the jewel doesn't make the snake any less dangerous probably it is even more dangerous because it's attractive we tend to hear if somebody is educated we we like to hear from him right so they 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 look like scholars but then they mislead when they're not educated in the spiritual aspect they mislead so that's why a cobra decorated with a valuable jewel uh, uh, what is the exact sanskrit manina bhushita sarpah kimasau na bhayankarah in the haribhakti sudhodaya 3.11.12 the advancement of education by a godless people is compared to decorations on a dead body you know what verse is that in india as in many other countries uh, some people follow so the custom of leading a procession with a decorated dead body for the pleasure of the lamenting relatives in the same way the modern civilization is a patchwork of activities meant to cover the perpetual miseries of material existence okay decorations on a dead body that is bhagavad bhakti hinasya madhyalila chaitanya charitamrita madhyalila chapter 19 text 75 it is actually quoted from hari bhakti sudhodaya bhagavad bhakti hinasya jatihi shastram japastapah apranasyeva dehasya mandanam lokaranjanam for a person devoid of devotional service birth in a great family or nation knowledge of the revealed scriptures or even knowledge of even material you know everything even knowledge of the revealed scriptures without without uh, knowledge of krishna is again that is also uh, what is that mm, avidya a feature of avidya we will see that vedavadarata you know we will go to that so birth of the or knowledge of the revealed scriptures or any ed- material education for that matter performance of austerities and penance and chanting of vedic mantras are like ornaments on a dead body such ornaments simply serve the concocted pleasures of the general populace they serve the concocted pleasures when a man sees a phd or you know some big scientist wow 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 people just ha- have this 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 feeling but actually that person is suffering 
he cannot go out of birth, death, old age, disease and the tapatraya. He cannot go out. He is suffering still as much as anybody else. But those credentials make people, you know, um, rave about him. Oh, here is the greatest cricket player or soccer player or uh, actor or uh, physicist or you know doctor. These things uh, are just attachments. The upadhi designations, which are like the jewels on a snake, it doesn't make the snake any less poisonous. Hmm. They serve only the concocted pleasures of the general populace. They don't really serve a real need. Now, <clears throat> so in India there is this custom that dead bodies are decorated and sent, I mean, sent in procession. But how much ever you decorate a dead body, what is the use? You know, people may say, oh wow, good, that, de- that body was decorated well. But uh, what is the benefit from that? So that is, that is the real thing. So, in the same way, modern civilization is a patchwork of activities meant to cover the perpetual miseries of material existence. This is actually true. The material education covers the real um, the miseries. Nobody, nobody talks about birth, death, old age and disease and all these painful conditions. They may sometimes talk about and you know, but mostly it's just hedonism. Just enjoy, you know, and you know, they have this stories about success, you know, business success, you know, this, you know, this, what is a Jack Ma, he became, a, you know, success in business, you know, became Alibaba, a big, um, the chief of Alibaba's. So, <laughs> so he, you know, he has become, you know, these things. So, all these success stories that are shown and let people idolize them and then follow that path. This is actually a whole program, a, a very calculated program of Avidya. Uh, the definition of success being shown as um, economically well-placed people, that is a trap for the rest of us to think that economics, economic development is successful, is, is actual success. And if I can become like that person, wow, that will be success to me. And I'll start, I start idolizing that person. And in this way, and they spend, when that person comes, these people who idolize that person spend a lot of money to go and get coached by them, thousands and thousands of dollars sometimes, you know. Uh, so, and they sometimes travel and see them. This is all called worshipping avidya. Instead of sending the money to Krishna, that is worshipping Krishna. But if you, you know, spend that money to, to, to watch these people and go and, you know, you know, um, learn from these people, how to expand our avidya, that is, that is actually worshipping avidya. All such activities are aimed towards sense gratification, but above the senses is the mind and above the mind is intelligence and above the intelligence is the soul. Thus, the aim of real education should be self-realization, realization of the spiritual values of the soul. Any education which does not lead to such realization must be considered avidya or nations and to culture such nations means to go down to the darkest region of ignorance. Now, here is where Or is it that place? Okay, yeah, we should. Okay, we will go now. Another nice song. What? Yeah, another nice song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur about avidya, about so-called material education. Because sometimes even I see devotees also, 
they subscribe to this thing that oh uh, we need to have material education and we should pursue material education um, you should get all those degrees those hats those clown hats which you have to wear after the um, graduation everybody is proud of those hats but actually maya is laughing at you oh you have a clown hat now now you are officially a clown a, a, a certified clown now you have this certificate you have become a clown in my hands so the, you know just like the animals in the circus they are being led by that that um, that man the circus uh, what what is he called circus leader or whatever so um they are led, so similarly maya is handling us just as animals in the circus and we are just like controlled animals and as we are moving even the big elephants and tigers they move according to the um you know dictations of the man the trainer so even though we may be powerful and so called educated and you know this scientist that 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 but actually we are just controlled by maya just like those big elephants you know you, you know the man says something and the elephant stands on its two legs or you know or or stands on a small thing on a small pole or something like that you know all these things it is actually so powerful that you can one slap and the man will die one slap with his trunk and the man will die it is so strong and it can go out and it can have its own life but no he will be there and then you know, listen to everything that the person say this is how maya is abusing us in the name of education a ringmaster oh really that's his call that's what he's called wow i didn't know that ringmaster okay <laughs> so i learned something about circus today so um so ringmaster so that ringmaster so maya is ringmaster and we are in the ring we don't even think of going out of the ring and have this um you know liberated life so we want to be under the controls and the dictations of maya and we feel proud by wearing that hat of a degree or or a, or a, but what is this it's it's a clown hat you know you, you became a clown certified clown claps you know so that is what this this um, so called education system is making us <clears throat> now let's go to this this beautiful song where is that yeah okay here it is this is by bhaktivinoda thakur in this uh, book called sharanagati in bengali language the song name is vidyar vilase i don't know whether devotees sometimes read these songs or not but they have this you know they're so obsessed with material education i just don't understand <clears throat> so we have to spend time i this is okay a little bit off topic but i really um, advise or suggest all devotees to spend some time reading those vaishnava songs because those songs are actually um, teach us the real mood of chanting those songs are expansions of the mahamantra so they teach us how we should think about ourselves and how we should consider this world everything everything so they are non different from vedic texts uh, um so we have to spend some time on all that all reading those songs or translations and even if you can't sing if even if you can't sing go through the translations and you know try to understand these things kupu sami is saying that i see many people in singapore bus and train play games only yeah yeah that that's my you know so okay now this song विद्यारविलासे काटायनु काल परम साहसे आमी त 
ज्ञान गति मानी से आशा विफला से ज्ञान दुर्बला से ज्ञान अज्ञान जानी से ज्ञान अज्ञान जानी ज्ञान मीन्स विद्या अज्ञान मीन्स अविद्या सो नाउ यू सी से ज्ञान अज्ञान जानी नाउ आई नो दैट यू सी व्हाट इज ट्रांसलेशन reading on and on my hopes grew and grew for i considered the acquisition of material knowledge to be life's true goal right how fruitless those hopes turned out to be for all my knowledge proved feeble now i know that all such erudition is actually pure ignorance i'm sorry because when i zoom in this thing on this ipad it just goes beyond the screen and if i bring it within the screen and become so small you really can't see it so just have to keep it like that and so if it is railing your mind or something just <laughs> bear with it for a while web pages unfortunately open like that here okay and especially this this website this kk songs is not very optimized for mobile friendly so anyway um the third one jada vidya jata mayar vaibhava तोमार भजने बाधा मोह जनमिया अनित्य संसारे जीव के कर ए गाधा जीव के कर ए गाधा सो दिस इज वेरी नाइस जड़ विद्या जत मायार वैभव सी All the so-called knowledge of this world is born of the flickering potency of your illusory energy, Maya. Maya vibha. Vibha means it's a grand exhibition of ignorance, and we we get we get um, uh, what is that? Attracted by the grandness of it, the grandeur of it, but we fail to see that it's actually ignorance. When something is projected as if it's very big, we tend to think, "Wow, that that's good. It is well packaged." rubbish well packaged rubbish as controversial as it may seem why it appears controversial because we have been fed one thing all our lives that material education is the right path material education is the right path no that's what we need to undo because any lie if it is repeated 100000 times you start to believe it is true that's how our psychology is so we have to hear now more and more from the right source then we can curb this mayar vaibhav the opulence of maya so jada vidya jata mayar vaibhav it is opulence of maya uh, <clears throat> this this ignorance in the name of education so called education is actually so all the so called knowledge of this world or education is born of the flickering potency of the illusory energy of your illusory energy maya it is an impediment impediment to the execution of devotional service to you it is a fact when you have this education first of all as you are learning 
this universities, what they are doing in the schools and universities, they are finding a partner there. They are finding a partner there. Uh, they are finding a girlfriend, boyfriend there, first thing. Next, whatever you are learning that is not going to help your soul. It is going to give you some livelihood in this Shudra civilization. Um, and with that livelihood, maybe you will become a very good coder or very good psychologist or very good this and that. But you are going to help as we have seen earlier in that purport. We facilitate the, the, you know, um, the civilization in such a way that people can remain as fools just like those gamers and you know uh, what is that playing games on computers and social media just scrolling and scrolling watching cat videos so the people behind that the coders they are intelligent so called materially educated but they facilitate these people to remain as fools so that their mind is never used even the one second if they get free time they will just open their phone rather than think about uh, mana Palam tad gunatattva chintanam in Mukundamala Stotra, it is said that the, the, the best use of the mind is to always think about the gunatattva chintanam, the tad gunatattva chintanam. So, to think about the uh, qualities and philosophy of Krishna consciousness. That is the actual function of the mind, the real function of the mind. But we are busy. Any, any, okay, we have two minutes. Oh, I'll wait for you. Okay, you, you go and come back. I'll wait for two minutes. Okay, what in the two minutes happens? take out the phone and then just, just scroll in the that's what is happening and people are remaining fools so these intelligent fools are um, you know facilitating the other fools to just remain fools so it is actually therefore uh, it is an impediment to your service and those who are so educated like scientists Stephen Hawking perfect example 2012 I mean all his life he has been saying that he, you look at his life Stephen Hawking I don't know if you know this person Stephen Hawking you know, so-called iconic scientist and stuff. But he was on this wheelchair and his whole life was just like that. He was a genius, so-called, in mundane education, scientist. But he said, there is no God. You know, I want to take you somewhere and come back here. Because, you know what happens to these kind of people? The other day Prabhu was sharing this. Now, just try to understand. 5.26.3 Okay, I'll not, I'll not read the Sanskrit. It is actually prose, it's not really a, like a verse, poem. So you have to read it like a sentence. Anyway, uh, we will read the English. Now, you see, just as by executing various pious activities, one achieves different positions in heavenly life, by acting impiously, one achieves different positions in hellish life. Those who are activated by the material mode of ignorance, <clears throat> engage in impious activities and according to the extent of their ignorance they are placed in different grades of hellish life now if one acts in the mode of ignorance because of madness his resulting misery is the least severe again if one acts in the mode of ignorance because of madness his resulting misery is the least severe one who acts impiously but knows the distinction between pious and impious activities is placed in a hell of intermediate severity. And for one who acts impiously and ignorantly because of atheism, the resultant hellish life is the worst. Because of ignorance, every living entity has been carried by various diseases and desires into thousands of hellish, different hellish planets since time immemorial. I shall try to describe them as far as possible. So, this is the verse. You see that three distinctions of more, being in the mode of ignorance in the in the andha. One is those who 
perform sinful activities without even without even knowing what is sin and what is piety just so they also go to hell but their suffering is the least severe don't think that they're, okay they are just given one one tight slap like this no they also <laughs> suffer a lot but you know everything is suffering extreme suffering everything is extreme suffering extreme more extreme most extreme just get just get it like that least severe means oh very very light suffering no very light no no no, no lightness hell means prepare for absolute hell but among the extremes the person who gets what is that um, ignorance out of madness who doesn't know what is good and what is bad his is uh, extreme his suffering is extreme as we say least severe and one who acts impiously but knows the distinction that means he knows what is right and what is wrong but still acts wrongly his is more extreme or intermediate severity and for those who act impiously and ignorantly because of atheism the resultant hellish life is the worst is most extreme so he is already suffering that scientist his his life is like a vegetable basically but on top of that he is an atheist so where is he going to go his life is his future is so dark <coughs> in this there was a meme when he died in 2019 i think he died i think so so um, i think january 2019 maybe so um there was a meme you know 2012 in some public address stephen hawking says there is no god 2019 god says there is no stephen hawking finish i mean <coughs> that's the, that's that's going to be our result how much ever atheist we may be so coming back to this point that uh, where is that in the modern all such activities yes so this is called uh, what is that manina the jewel on the top of the head dangerous these people are dangerous <clears throat> so going back to the song now is an impediment so these so called knowledge is an impediment to our devotional service uh, it appears like the jewel on the head but it's very very envious attractive danger uh, indulgence in mundane knowledge verily makes an ass of the eternal soul by encouraging infatuation encouraging is infatuation for this temporary with this temporary world that is what the education does it makes us infatuated with this temporary world and it it, it acts as a you know it makes it as an it makes an ad out as out of the eternal soul there is the exact word you know you see if you remember jeeva ke koroy gadha in number 3 you see jeeva ke koroy gadha gadha means as shay gadha hoye samsarer bojha bahinu anek kal bardha khe khona शक्तिर भावे किछु नहीं लागे भालो किछु नहीं लागे भालो नाउ हियर इज वन पर्सन हु हैज बीन टर्न्ड इनटू सच एन एस भक्तिनाथ ठाकुर इज प्रेजेंटिंग हिमसेल्फ एज द पर्सन हु चेज्ड आफ्टर मंडेन नॉलेज एंड ही सेड नाउ इन माय ओल्ड एज i understand that all that knowledge is actually ignorance <clears throat> huh? what is that here is a person who one such person who has become an ass for so long who has for so long carried on his back the useless burden of material existence so the ass carries so much load for its master um 
like the washerman. So, he suffers so much. So, that is the ass. So, so-called education, with that education, we are actually carrying the burden of the material existence like an ass. So, it makes an ass out of the eternal soul. <laughs> now, in my old age, for want, now in my old age, for, the, for want of the power to enjoy, I find that nothing pleases, nothing at all pleases me. Now, next. Jeevana jatana hoilo ekhana She vidya avidya bhelo Avidya rajwala ghatilo bishama She vidya hoilo shelo She vidya hoilo shelo Life has now become agony, for my so-called erudite knowledge has proven itself to be worthless ignorance. Material knowledge has now become a pointed shaft and has pierced my heart with the intolerable burning pain of ignorance. Because at the time of old age, at the time of death, this is not going to help me at all. It has proved worthless. Then last he says, Tomara charana bina kichudhana Samsare na cheyara Bhakati vinoda Jadavidya chadi Tuapade Tuapada kore sara Tuapada kore sara O Lord, there is no treasure worth seeking in this world other than your lotus feet. Bhakti vinoda abandons all his mundane knowledge and makes his makes your lotus feet the sum and substance of his life so do we want to understand this at our old age but just before on our deathbed that oh uh, oh no i have wasted my time or do we want to understand this right now and make a solution so this is to be understood that this is it's mayar vaibhav jadavidya chada jata mayar vaibhav it is the attractive feature of maya but it's just Maya. It's like the jeweled snake, which looks attractive. Wow, that's so beautiful. But actually what it is? It's danger. According to Bhagavad Gita 2.42 and 7.15, mistaken mundane educators are known as Vedavadratha and Mayaya Paharata Jnana. Now, Vidyayam Rataha, if you remember today's verse, Tato bhuya ivatetamo yau vidyayam rataha. Look at this. Vidyayam rataha. So now we will go to this part. According to Bhagavad Gita 242, what is that? Yamimam pushpitam vacham pravadantya vipaschitaha veda vada rataha partha. Supposed followers of the Vedas. This is where the words Vidyayam Rataha comes to play. So Vidyayam Rataha or Vedavada Rataha is the same thing. Veda means knowledge, Vidya means knowledge. Vedavadarata, so supposed followers of the Vedas. So, there are a class of people who actually, you will find this in India, or even sometimes other parts of the world where they follow their religious scriptures, but 
the aim is not to attain God consciousness, but how to use that for their material advancement. So, men of small knowledge are very much attached to the flowery words of the Vedas, which recommend various fruitive activities for elevation to heavenly planets, result in good birth, power and so forth. Being desirous of sense gratification and opulent life, they say that there is nothing more than this. So, so basically these people are those who follow the Karmakanda section of the Vedas. They follow you know, the, all kinds of rituals, they work very hard and do all the religious rituals so that they can get to heavenly planets, they, go, they get heavenly promotion. So, and our modern education is just a, a more ignorant version of that. At least those people who read the Vedas and want to go to heavenly planets, they accept the fact that there is a thing called next life, life after death. But in that next life also, they just want sense gratification. So, whereas our modern education is about sense gratification in this life. So, whether it is near or far future, the same sense gratificatory pursuit, the profitless pursuit of sense gratification as it was stated in the purport, which is one of my favorite words phrases now. <laughs> so, that is what they are after, profitless pursuit of sense gratification. What is the um, effect of going to the heavenly planets? Tetam bhuktva svargalokam vishalam kshine punye martyalokam vishanti. So, after our pious credit is exhausted, we have to come back to this planet. So, it, that is also not temporary, that, that is also not permanent and here also the happiness is not permanent. So, but men of small knowledge, because in the Vedas, there are promises like that, that you do this yajna and then you go to the heavenly planets. So, that is explained in the, we have shown this before, but I will just show it again. 11.21.23, if you go, you will see that, Phalashrutir yamnarinam yinashreyorochanam param shreyo vivikshaya proktam yatha bhaishajyarochanam those statements of scripture promising fruitive rewards do not prescribe the ultimate good for men but are merely enticements for executing beneficial religious duties like promises of candy spoken to induce a child to take beneficial medicine. So, in the yajnas that are performed for um, heavenly elevation, there is also to worship Indra for example, you have to worship Lord Vishnu first and then give that share of the sacrifice to Indra. So, Vishnu worship is included in every Yajna by Vishnu. Oh. So, Yajna is actually meant to satisfy Vishnu. But because people generally don't want to satisfy Vishnu, they want to satisfy, okay, if Indra can give me sense gratification, I will worship him. If some business um, uh, trainer or coach can give me uh, sense gratification, I will worship him. Instead of doing some Yajna for this person, uh, uh, Indra, if uh, one is not having all that knowledge, then one will worship some business coach, some, some this kind of things. So, because they just want that. They want sense gratification. So, whoever can give them sense gratification, they will worship him. So, in that way, uh, this is especially about the Vedic, Vedic path. So, to, to give uh, the share to Indra, he has to first worship Vishnu. That is the benefit of following the Vedic path of sacrifice because Vishnu worship is included in that. Although it is a pursuit of sense gratification, it's not exactly a complete profitless pursuit of sense gratification, but there is some profit because the Lord is worshipped. Some advancement, slowly, by slowly, step by step, one makes advancement. 
and when one is sufficiently advanced after many lifetimes of such performance of ritualistic sacrifices, one may get the association of a pure devotee and by that association he understands that all that all those things were useless waste of time. Now I have to actually focus only on Vishnu and nothing else. That's when his liberation, the door of liberation gets opened by the mercy of a pure devotee. Um, but until then, they are just made to do these yajnas. It is like this. Uh, they are merely enticements. All the fruitive, the promises of fruitive rewards are like heavenly. Oh, you do this sacrifice, you will go to the heavenly planets and enjoy with apsaras and all the heavenly girls and this and that. So that is a that is a that promise is like an enticement for, for performing beneficial religious duties, just like promises of candy spoken to induce a child to take bene, beneficial medicine. Medi- the actual medicine is the sacrifice for Vishnu, but the candy is the is the heavenly pleasure. So it's just and it's, it's actually meant for the foolish people. It's actually meant for the foolish people. But those who read Vedas and think that that is the aim of the whole Vedas, they are actually stolen. Their knowledge is stolen by ignorance. They are called Vedavada Rataha. So this today's verse, the Vidyayam Rataha, also refers to those people who read the Vedas but then again get distracted to the materialistic way of life. What is that? Um, 4.12, Vanajakshi Mataji is saying. Um, of course, there are some other, other comments. I will just go to, into them later on, the questions and all that. 412, what is that? Yeah. Yeah, correct. This actually Prabhupada quoted this verse also many times. Kaankshantaha karmanam siddhim yachanta ihadevata kshipram himanu shayaloke siddhir bhavati karmaja. Men in this world desire success in fruitive activities and therefore they worship the demigods. Quickly, of course, men get results from fruitive work in this world. <clears throat> so they get they get distracted by these things. So that is Vedavadarata. And um, so when we say Vidyayam Rata, Prabhupada is pointing to these two words of Vedavadarata and in 7.15 Mayaya Paharata Jnana, which is the materialistic so-called knowledge, but stolen by illusion, even the modern scientific uh, civilization. So, according to Bhagavad Gita, mistaken mundane educators are known as Vedavadrata and Maya Paharata Jnana. They may also be atheistic demons, the lowest of men. Those who are Vedavadrata pose themselves as very learned in Vedic literature, but unfortunately they are completely diverted from the purpose of the Vedas. What is the purpose of the Vedas? 1515. apohanam cha. Vedaishya sarvai rahameva vedyo vedantakrit vedavidevachaham. I am seated in everyone's heart, and from me come remembrance, knowledge, and forgetfulness. By all the Vedas, I am to be known. This is the actual purpose of the Vedas. Indeed, I am the compiler of the Vedanta and I am the knower of the Vedas. That is the actual. So, these people are actually di- completely diverted from the purpose of the Vedas. <coughs> so, this is called. In Nectar of Instruction, verse 2, uh, what is that? Niyamagraha. Following the rules so much that you forget the aim of why you are following all these things. These Vedavadaratas, they say, oh, we must perform all the rituals. You must do this ritual, that ritual, this ritual. But they forget the aim of performing all the ritual. Bhoktaram yeah. tapasam. Krishna is the beneficiary of all sacrifices. They forget that completely. That's why they are in ignorance, actually. It's another feature of avidya only. Um, 
So in the Bhagavad Gita, it is said that the purpose of the Vedas is to know the personality of Godhead, but these Vedavadaratha men are not at all interested in the personality of Godhead. On the contrary, they are fascinated by such fruitive results as the attainment of heaven. As stated in Mantra 1, we should know that the personality of Godhead is the proprietor of everything and that we must be satisfied with our allotted portions of the necessities of life. The purpose of all Vedic literature is to awaken this God consciousness in the forgetful living being. And this same purpose is presented in various ways in the different scriptures of the world for the understanding of a foolish mankind. See that? The purpose of all Vedic literature is to awaken this God consciousness in the forgetful living being and this same purpose is presented in various ways in the different scriptures of the world for the understanding of a foolish mankind. Thus, the ultimate purpose of all religions is to bring one back to Godhead. That is the real thing. So now, you see here the important uh, phrase is there, the purpose of all, uh, what is that? Yeah. As stated in Mantra 1, we must be satisfied with our allotted portions of the end of necessities of life. And if you see the, the state of life in India, Vedic India, now India is trying to ape the West and they are about at least 20 years behind. But um, they are trying to ape the West. But actually if you see Indian way of life is, they are not as opulent, or, opulent as the West, but they don't have to be actually. They, <clears throat> we just need to maintain our lives by agriculture and cow protection and the rest of the knowledge, the rest of the time for self-realization. But you see how we have been indoctrinated by the Western civilization <clears throat> to think that success means that you know big expensive suit and that BMW car, you know that that or or even Rolls Royce or and a Rolex watch and that you know big office with a glass walls and you know you can see from the skyscraper all the entire city skyline so these things are idolized as the result of advancement and where you know everything is like so posh you have your own aeroplane these are considered measures of success how you can how you are economically well off but not according to how much your character character wise well off character may be absolutely hopeless but if he has money he will be worshipped everywhere he gets the first class ticket in the aeroplane who is the first class man according to vedas the brahmana is the first class man who is actually in knowledge of krishna we're not talking about the caste birth wise brahmana that is rubbish that is that is rubbish if he has the qualities of brahmana he is actually first class man so the first class seats should be given to the devotees actually right not that the devotee wants to enjoy it's not about enjoying the seat at all, but the, the idea of what is first class. If you have money, you're first class. If, you have, if the nation has money, that's a first world country. If the nation doesn't have money, it's a third world country. If, if a man doesn't have money, he's a third class man. So, this, what is, uh, how we are classifying people um, based on economic development, that shows just how much we are in ignorance. How much this civilization is based on ignorance. And because we have, we are now being indoctrinated by that wealth as the status symbol of uh, first class, second class or third class, India is also chasing, in, India is also chasing that path now. But actually, character is a real thing. Mm. Character is a real thing. <clears throat> and we should just be satisfied with the allotted portions of the necessities of life. This BMW, this shining, you know, building, skyscraper and then from the office you have the skyline view and you know, that, that, all that thing will not give you happiness at all 
nothing will give you happiness. But being just satisfied with the allotted portion that God has given us and not endeavoring more and more and then saving time up for self-realization. People say they don't have time. It is not about not having time. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. Everybody has 168 hours in a week and 30 days in a month and 12 months in a year. Everybody has the same time. But because of our priorities, we don't have, of course, we don't have time for those uh, which we have not created priorities for. So it's all about prioritization rather than um, time. <clears throat> time management automatically happens if we manage our priorities. So it is most, more of a priority management than time management. Like Brahmanas, they don't have time to earn a living because they're busy. Their priority is this. You know, teaching everybody about the path of self-realization. So therefore, they don't have time for uh, earning money. Whereas, those who are busy earning money, their priority is to earn money. They don't, they don't have time for self-realization. You see that? Where is the priority? So, it's about priority management. So, what this Vedic education, especially Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam, Chaitanya Charitamrita, Ishopanishad, Nectar of Devotion, Nectar of Instruction. Why are we studying this? So that we have to change our priorities in our head. Uh, we have to rearrange our life so that, as Prabhupada said, we have to mold our life in such a way that, that we always are Krishna conscious. Krishna should be the main thing. Everything else should be secondary, third and ever. We don't have time for that, never mind. It doesn't really matter. We should never be left with no time for spiritual life. We should always be busy with spiritual life. Smartavya satatam vishnor vismartavyo najatu chit. Always remember Krishna or Vishnu and never forget him. That's the whole point. We should come to a point where we will have no time for anything other than Krishna Consciousness. This is called Anyabhilashita Shunyam Jnana Karmadi Anavritam Anukulyena Krishna Anushilanam Bhakti Ruttama The best devotion where we have no time for anything else. Of course, it is not completely possible in the material world because we have to sometimes maintain our body. So, we have to eat, we have to you know sleep for some time. Best is to not sleep at all. Like the Goswamis, they just slept for one hour, two hours in a day and sometimes some days they skipped. That is their, their level. They are so self-realized that they don't even need to sleep. But if we do that, we'll get sick. So for the maintenance of the body, there is some, you know, yuktahara viharasa yukta cheshtasya karmasu. That is explained in the Bhagavad Gita. So for these things, we have to sometimes spend some time. It has to be very minimal. Yukta hara viharasya, yukta cheshtasya karmasu, yukta svapnava bodhasya, bodhasya yogo bhavati dukkha, 6.17 Bhagavad Gita. He who is regulated in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga, yoga system. So he is regulated. We have to regulate. Keep it under, at, at minimum. And recreation also. We can have spiritual based recreations like, you know, you can learn music, you can learn Vaishnava songs, for example, as I've told you earlier. Spend some time, you know, they're beautiful songs, you listen to them on YouTube, okay, try to learn them and try to learn the meaning of them and try to understand, contemplate on their meanings. Different kinds of recreation also can be there. Or you can just take a walk and hear Prabhupada lectures or something like that. Anything, there's so many ways you can spiritualize or even your recreation. It doesn't have to be a completely materialistic recreation that we forget Krishna. So, anything, anyway, eating, sleeping, recreation and work are necessary. So, you have to spend some time for this body, but keep it at the basic minimum. Kamasa Nendriya Preeti, 
लाभो जीवित यावता जीवस्य तत्व जिज्ञासा नार्थो यश्चेह कर्म भी वन डॉट टू डॉट टेन श्रीमद भागवतम लाइफ डिजायर शुड नेवर बी डायरेक्टेड टूवर्ड सेंस ग्रेटिफिकेशन वन शुड डिजायर ओनली अ हेल्दी लाइफ और सेल्फ प्रेजर्वेशन सिंस ह्यूमन बींग इज मैन फॉर इंक्वायरी अबाउट द एब्सोलूट ट्रूथ नथिंग एल्स शुड बी द गोल ऑफ वन वर्क नथिंग एल्स So, um, coming back, ultimate purpose of religion is to bring one back to Godhead. Yes, that is the real purpose of religion. But the Vedavadaratha people, yeah, but the Vedavadaratha people, instead of realizing that the purpose of the Vedas is to revive the forgetful soul's lost relationship with the personality of Godhead, take it for granted that such side issues as the attachment of heavenly pleasure for sense gratification, the lust for which causes their material bondage in the first place, are the ultimate end of the Vedas. <laughs> they think Vedas are meant for giving us better sense gratification, but the lust for sense gratification has itself caused his material life in the first place. So, if by all that culture of the Vedas, he is coming back to the square one of going after sense gratification, is if that is the end result of that knowledge, what is, what is that knowledge? That is ignorance therefore it is dangerous than so called just ignorance it is just in the name of knowledge is ignorance that is even worse you know there is a there is a verse i will show you mm. yeah Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhilila, chapter 6, verse 168. Vedana maniya baudha hoita nastik, Vedashrai nastik ke vaad baudha ke adhik. You see this now. The Buddhists do not recognize the authority of the Vedas. Therefore, they are considered agnostics. However, those who have taken shelter of the Vedic scriptures yet preach agnosticism in accordance with the Mayavad philosophy are certainly more dangerous than the Buddhists. Same point. The Buddhists, Buddha told them, there is no God. He simply rejected the Vedas and without the Vedas, you cannot really prove the existence of God. So, um, so he just said no God for convenience sake and he taught them some moral principles. Now, so in Buddhism, in Buddhism, there is just no information, that is ignorance, right? No God. But in the name of Vedas, that's why the Mayavad, you know, as we say, Prabhupada's mantra, uh, what is that? Um, Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Paschata Deshatarine. So, Shunyavadi is the Buddhists, Nirvishesha is the Mayavad. So, because they say there is God, but he has no hands, he has no variety, he has no feelings, he has no form, he has no personality. So, in other words, he just, they're just saying there is no God in a different way, but in a roundabout way and in the name of knowledge, in the name of the Vedas. They're taking Vedas and trying to prove no God. You see, that's why they're even more dangerous than the Buddhists. Same ties back to today's verse. Andham tamah pravishanti ye vidyam upasate. Tato bhuya evatetamo ya uvidhyayamrata. So, in the, if we stick to Vedas and come to the point of no God, absolutely it is more foolishness than the um, otherwise ignorant people. 
that's why in the in the 5263 in the fifth canto of the bhagavatam it is said those who commit in actually in the mode of ignorance out of atheism that is worse and those who know what is correct and what is wrong and still do what is wrong intermediate those who do wrong without knowing what is right and what is wrong and you know like they are punished the least so you see so that's why it is even more dangerous they even more worse they go worse worse than the others that's why this vidyayam rata is worse than so called just avidya or ignorance now <clears throat> where we yeah they take for granted that such side issues as the attainment of heavenly pleasure for sense gratification is a side issue. is is just for those people who foolish people who just to attract them to the vedas that's why the those heavenly promises are made they are not meant for the intelligent class of people the intelligent class of people tasyaiva hetoh prayate ta kovido nalabhyate yad bhramatam uparyatah tallabhyate yad anyava dukhavadanyata sukham kale na sarvatra gabhiraram hasa person this is uh, shrimad bhagavatam 1.5.18 persons who are actually intelligent and philosophically philosophically inclined should endeavor only for that purposeful end which is not obtainable even by wandering from the topmost planet brahmaloka down to the lowest planet patala that means an intelligent actually intelligent persons who are actually intelligent they should endeavor for that end or aim which is not obtainable anywhere in this universe from the top to the bottom that means they should not go after any sense gratification which will keep us in this material world because which we are actually going oscillating between the topmost and the bottommost planet of this universe just oscillating like fools so a uh, uh, um, actually intelligent man he he does not go in this endeavor as far as happiness derived from sense enjoyment is concerned it can be obtained automatically in course of time just as in course of time you automatically obtain miseries even though we do not desire them so no point in going after these things whatever is fated just just let it be and let us not be distracted by even the good or bad results just focus on krishna that's it no matter what be the circumstance now so if we think that the vedas are meant for you know going after sense gratification which is the lust for which causes the material bondage in the first place are the ultimate end of the vedas you know they think like that is a absolute foolishness such may such people misguide others by misinterpreting the vedic literature now if you have that conception and keep to yourself okay you are a fool but when if we spread if we spread those foolishness then we become even more fool more rascal if we express such views and make mislead others also that's why in in vedic culture a fool should not open his mouth you know he just better stay you know better just uh, for him to shut up and you know just listen first so that is that's why only the brahmanas they used to speak others they don't speak now they hear they listen of course they speak it's not that nobody should everybody should seal their mouths but in terms of vedic knowledge in terms of self realization to just you know what is the social media doing is that it's giving power for everybody to live stream or to write whatever they want or you know what is that everybody is just churning out uh, you know their opinions about things and what is the value of their opinions they have foolishness in their minds and they're expressing their foolishness in words and some other fools are listening to those fools and becoming fools more fools so it's a society of cheaters and the cheated mm. therefore 
nobody in in the vedic civilization nobody used to write a book unless they are spiritually advanced uh, nobody used to write but nowadays everybody writes um sometimes they even condemn the puranas ah is vedavadaratas especially is mayavadis and you know the the vedavadaratas the they condemn the puranas which are authentic vedic explanations for layman so these people are the ones who came up with this argument of shruti is more uh, important than Shru- uh, smriti this is these are the people who shruti smriti puranaadi pancharatarki all these literatures are on the same platform because krishna does not make mistake his pure devotees don't make mistake whatever they speak is absolute knowledge so that's why we have to take it like that and therefore um, they are all on the same level in fact if anything they are even more powerful than the shruti that is also explained in that i always forget to bring out the shloka which uh, nimayanatha prabhu has shown in that zakir naik uh, rebuttal video um, so that's on our iskm tv youtube channel so i need to learn that verse by heart so the shruti themselves says the smriti in fact as we have said that you know isho panishad is saying that um you know in the 6th and 7th verses we saw that the pure devotee he sees the lord everywhere and then in in the in the practically in the smriti literature like bhagavatam we have like prahlad maharaj he saw everywhere narad muni he saw everywhere so there are actually um instances where these things have practically been applied in the life so that is actually smriti smritis are just um, reinstating or reinforcing the statements of the shruti with practical examples from history so therefore we should never reject them as something less important they are never less important in fact they give importance to to, to the shruti mantras uh, the smritis but these vedavadaratas they condemn the puranas which are authentic vedic explanations for layman and they are actually meant for layman like bhagavad gita you see it is like a dialogue you know if there is an interview video and people will watch right or oh, just you know they want to hear their opinions you know people watch people like to watch interview videos and so many interview videos on the on the internet and so it is like an interview look krishna and arjuna for layman that is what will interest them like a conversation lecture usually people don't like <laughs> as much as we are giving a lecture here but people don't like a lecture they don't, they don't want a monologue they want a dialogue so they like a dialogue if somebody asking questions somebody answering you know sometimes they they because if somebody is just telling what he wants to tell he wants to ask something so he cannot ask so he's just having a monologue so when that's why we try to have at least a small session of question and answer session in the end of the session so at least there can be some dialogue but anyway this is also important because we need to hear from authority so as we have ex- explaining from authorities so this is also important we actually need to learn first to shut up and listen so especially from krishna if just we want to talk and talk and talk nothing then it doesn't really help anyone so anyway Arjuna was doing that he was just talking in the first chapter Krishna never spoke Krishna did not speak in the first chapter of Bhagavad Gita do you know the only thing he said that because Arjuna said put my chariot in in between the two armies then he took the chariot there uh, here are the two armies that's it that's the only line he said in the first chapter in the 25th chapter of the uh, 25th verse of the first chapter that's it other than that he did not speak he did not speak Arjuna was going on speaking and then in the in the beginning of second chapter he understood you know what is not solving my problem i better now shut my mouth and krishna you speak you guide me now what is you tell me what is good for me then when krishna started to speak 
then Arjuna slowly started to receive the enlightenment and then of course he did ask questions. So when we see an interview you know like the interviewer asks questions sometimes we feel, we feel like yeah this is the question I wanted to ask good that he is asking yes what is the answer to this. So we are interested we get interested in the conversation. So these Mahabharata, these Puranas they are you know um, format the format of these things are like real world situation they are actually real world they they were, they were historical facts they are just not made up stories the historical facts so it interests us in this in this path of knowledge so they are as important as any other uh, shruti literature okay um, yes the vedavada rathas they go against the puranas and they give their own explanations of the vedas neglecting the authority of great teachers and acharyas see they go against the authority of the great teachers, Acharyas. So, here it is said, they also tend to raise some unscrupulous person from among themselves and present him as the leading exponent of Vedic knowledge. Such Vedavadaratas are especially condemned in this mantra by their very appropriate Sanskrit words, Vidyayam Ratah. Vidyayam refers to the study of the Vedas because the Vedas are the origin of all knowledge, Vidya, and Ratah, Ratah means those who, those engaged. Vidyayam Rata thus means those engaged in the study of the Vedas. But then, engaged in the study but they don't come to the conclusion of it, um, those are especially referred to in this verse. Hmm. The so-called students of the Vedas are condemned herein because they are ignorant of the actual purpose of the Vedas on account of their disobeying the Acharyas. You see, that important thing here. If you read the scriptures without the guidance of a pure devotee, uh, then, you know, we will go into um, they they go they they are ignorant of the actual purpose of the Vedas. They forget the actual purpose of the Vedas. So therefore, we have to understand the Vedas or the Vedic literature from a pure devotee, an acharya. That's when we will understand things as they are. Such Vedavadaratas search out meanings in every word of the Vedas to suit their own purposes. This was what um, Adi Sankracharya was telling in that Mohamudgara song. He said. Bhaja Govindam Bhaja Govindam Govindam Bhaja Mudhamate Samprapte Sannihite Kale Nahi Nahi Rakshati Dukrin Karane. This grammatical adjustment of the meanings of the words and all these things will not help you, my dear. You just worship Govinda. Hmm. So, but these Vedavadaratas search out meanings uh, to suit their own purposes. They do not know that the Vedic literature is a collection of extraordinary books that can be understood only through the chain of disciplic succession. Sampradaya vihinaye mantraste nishphalamataha. So without this disciplic succession, without a proper acharya, we cannot understand. One must approach a bona fide spiritual master in order to understand the transcendental message of the Vedas. This is that is the direction of the Mundaka Upanishad 1.2.12. What is the direction? Um, what is that? Um, yeah. This is the one. Oh, this is Shvetashvatar Upanishad. Mundaka Upanishad is what? Oh, Tad Vigyanartham Sagurumeva Bhigachet Samitpanishrotriyam Brahmanishtam. This is Mundaka Upanishad. So we have to go to a spiritual master. And here also, this is from the Shvetashvatar Upanishad. Only unto those great souls who have implicit faith in both the Lord and the spiritual master are all the imports of Vedic knowledge automatically revealed. Yesa deve parabhaktir yatha deve tathagurau tasyaite kathitha hyarthaha prakashante mahatmanaha. 
You see, these Vedavadratha people, however, have their own Acharyas who are not in the chain of transcendental succession. That's why Sankracharya's Sampradaya is called Apasampradaya. It is not the bona fide chain of succession. He has some, you know, Sampradaya. He has his own disciples and they have their disciples. It's like disciplic succession, but it's an Apasampradaya. It is a deviation from the real Sampradaya. Real Sampradaya is the Vaishnava Sampradaya. They... Um, Thus, they progress into the darkest region of ignorance by misinterpreting the Vedic literature. They fall even further into ignorance than those who have no knowledge of the Vedas at all. See that? They fall even further into ignorance than those who have no knowledge of the Vedas at all. Hmm. The Mayaya Paharata Jnana class of men are self-made gods. Uh, such men, gods, you know, so-called gods, you know, in, in, in quotes. So, gods may be those people who say they are actually the incarnation of God and those who pose themselves as like real big gurus and like it can be even in the business field, you know, any field, like they possess, they are the, they are the authorities, complete authorities, like the scientists, for example. Such men think that they themselves are God, like the scientists, they think they are God, like, you know, they, they can do anything they like, they, you know, they think they are the controllers or they want to become the controllers. <coughs> Such men think they themselves are God and that there is no need of worshipping any other God. They will agree to worship an ordinary man if he happens to be rich. You see that? But they will never worship the personality of Godhead. Such men, unable to recognize their own foolishness, never consider never consider how it is that God can be entrapped by Maya. Uh, especially these Mayavadis, they think like this. Uh, they call everybody as Narayan. Om Namo Narayanaya, they say. But by that meaning... By that mantra, they don't mean to worship Narayana. But they think that when they, like we see each other say Hare Krishna, we say Hare Krishna. But we are not meaning that you are Krishna, I am Krishna. No, we are not saying that. We are chanting the name of God and that is our greeting. But we are glorifying Krishna. But they say Om Namo Narayanaya. Of course, the Sri Sampradaya Vaishnavas also say that. They mean the glorification of the Lord. But these Mayavadis, when they meet each other and say Om Namo Narayanaya, they are saying this like Namaste. Namaste means... Um, my obeisances to you, my respects to you. Te means, you know, you. So, Namaste. So, similarly, Om Namo Narayanaya. So, instead of saying just you, they say Narayana. So, you are Narayana. I am paying my respects to Narayana. And he also says Om Namo Narayana. So, he is paying respects to this Narayana. They consider themselves and each other, everybody is as Narayana. They don't, they themselves become God. And they call the poor man as Daridra Narayana. Daridra means poor. How can Narayana be poor? Real Narayana Shri, <coughs> Shri Niketan, Srinath, you know, the, the master of Lakshmi, and how he has become Daridra that he has a beggar. What is this? Beggar Narayan. So, this is their fault. They think everybody is Narayan, but now we are covered by Maya. When we become liberated, we become Narayan. Same as Narayan. So, if Narayan is so powerful, why first of all he got covered by Maya? That means Maya is more powerful than Narayan. So, their logic every time fails. Hmm. Such men, unable to recognize their own foolishness, never consider how it is that God can be entrapped by Maya, his own illusory energy. If God were ever entrapped by Maya, Maya would be more powerful than God. Such men say that God is all-powerful, but they do not consider that if he is all-powerful, then there is no possibility of his being overpowered by Maya. These self-made gods cannot answer all these questions very easily. They are simply satisfied to have become God themselves. God themselves. So, God in quotes. So, that is the meaning of so ignorance and so-called knowledge, which is actually a 
greater feature of ignorance or a more uh, darker feature of ignorance mayar vaibhav mayar vaibhav so that's why they go even lower <clears throat> so this is the ninth verse so we'll go and take some questions now wow late today how many questions oh we have still many questions here okay virendra prabhu's first question the modern scientists atheists are faithless and don't believe in vedic literature and ignore path of bhakti as preaches by as preached by devotees what is the destination after that so as we have seen because they're atheists they go into hell and their hell is worse than anything else because 5.26.3 we have already shown in the class so that is the <clears throat> um that is the their destination um then shubha kulkarni mataji how can i access this as a recording i think you have answered that so you can yeah you can access this as a recording on youtube and facebook also on our iskm tv youtube channel and our yeah what is that skm.sg uh, facebook page in the video section so virendra prabhu's next question is gurukul system which imparts spiritual vedic education much better than present material and modern education that is imparted to students yeah so that is most definitely yes um so by replacing the education system they have successfully the western civilization has successfully changed the entire world view of india so education is very impo- is very important so therefore we need to educate ourselves on basic principles so that's why our movement is to educate everybody on these principles virendra prabhu humans do- who don't understand the importance of human life which is meant for god realization unlike the devotees who perform devotional service do such faithless humans suffer repeated birth and death by transmigrating in various species yes as long as we don't understand this we 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 remain in this material world as far as as long as soon as we understand it we go back to krishna so vrajakishor prabhu sent this yeah the four diplomatic principles sama dana bheda danda yeah sama is a process of pacifying dana uh sorry pa- process of pacifying dana means the process of giving money in charity to give some gifts and bheda means the principle of dividing and ruling and danda means the pun- principle of punishment so these are the diplomatic principles um is it dan or dam um sama dana dana so they actually to give gifts to just like you know sometimes when there was uh, there were kingdoms and there has been some tension between the two kingdoms then what happens to ease off the tension so sometimes this king he offers his daughter in marriage to um this king's son so the prince so the princess of that kingdom is in given in marriage to the prince of this kingdom in that way due to marriage alliance there is you know peace so these are all diplomatic devices you know and um, there is a kanyadan so sometimes it is offering of you know so like suppose um an emperor you know he does this uh, ashwamedha yagna and he takes his uh, horse everywhere and whoever wishes to fight with him and challenge his supremacy they will hold the horse but if they don't then i have to give gifts to the emperor so in this way the the peace is maintained so in this way the samadana bheda danda so these things are there then um hari prasad prabhu wow so many questions <laughs> okay he has i think five questions here finally he said you can reply to all these questions by texting me i will be eagerly waiting for your message 
well what are the questions Hare Krishna Prabhu one doubt but it's not related to Ishopanishad topic but you have to clear it okay where is the soul present in the human body along with soul where do the super soul live okay uh, generally human beings especially doctors say once the heartbeat stops the person is dead presence of soul and super soul in body does the make heartbeats and entire organ cells work after death in body some organs are donated how can an ab sense of soul and super soul these organs function can you explain as it is okay uh, not exactly related to the topic so anyway he wanted a text reply i don't know how to text him though i don't have his oh maybe maybe i have his contact number but i think i did not save it okay maybe i'll answer him privately but it's not connected with the topic so we'll let's go on with the next question rabinarayan tripathi prabhu um question what should a couple decide or think about family planning if both of them are in krishna consciousness whereas their family and relatives always ask for it um they can i mean there is no there is no um, limit in how many children you can have as long as you can maintain them and train them in god consciousness um such population is good so basically the family planning of a devotee is that um <clears throat> he has to have relationship only for procreation and um procreation and after the child is produced then the child has to be trained in krishna consciousness so that is basically the the family planning of the devotee it doesn't matter how many children but all of them have to be trained in krishna consciousness that's that's the whole point there's not uh, some five year plan this that is that all these things mainly is um having relationship only for procreation and training them as krishna conscious people so that in the future they become you know good citizens of this world <coughs> virendra prabhu <coughs> question can a sadhak or devotee by the mercy of krishna and the execution of devotion get experience of the eternal soul within him yes but it takes time okay? it does not happen overnight so we have to be patient we have to be first of all executing the whole process properly and diligently for we have to be prepared to even do this for lifetimes hmm. so that at the time of death a sadhak or bhakta will be able to differentiate between his gross body and engage his eternal soul in eternal service of krishna see the main thing is if we are engaged in krishna's service understanding that we are soul then automatically the understanding is there that i am not the body i am krishna's servant so when we are serving all throughout our lives that is the, that is the consciousness i am krishna's servant and i am doing this for krishna's pleasure so all the time so at the time of death also we remember the same thing if we have practiced it well enough in our life but if we have not practiced well enough then we will forget at the time of death so that's the whole point to to always remember and always be conscious of that fact that we are eternal servants of krishna so regarding vidyar vilas's song virendra prabhu has asked question is this song in the songs of vaishnava acharyas yeah is is there in that book that blue color cover or you can go to kksongs.org um, you can find it there also rodrik prabhu wow it's a long question oh rodrik prabhu is in the room so if i may um i find the term western civilization not entirely accurate i mean the ancient indian elite had similar ideas self enrichment material abundance etc many spiritual men rejected this also back then in the west there also also sorry there also always have been spiritual traditions that rejected materialism uh, 
and embraced spiritual life starting with the egyptians greeks and babylonians and other also christianity the main difference between the west and the east i think is that the industrial revolution happened earlier in the west and then through colonization suppressed industrial advancement in the east it seems to me that industrial advancement is the main cause for the growth in materialism because for the first time that all layers of society became able to obtain comfort whereas before that only the elites could life of scarcity makes people naturally detached if there is abundance um of attachment uh, sorry if there is abundance attachment becomes rampant so <clears throat> yes so when we when we say western civilization we mean that that industrial uh, enterprise kind of thing so is mostly based on atheism and um, even before the whole world was under the vedic rule it was not that they were having their own ideas of western philosophies or something like that the entire planet was under one king that's why this whole planet was known as bharatvarsha bharat now is only bharat is india but just about 100 years ago bharat was also burma i mean myanmar and bangladesh and pakistan it was bharatvarsha but now that is not even bhutan and nepal were part of bharatvarsha now it has all become different countries so just like that which happened in the last 100 years in before that 5000 years ago until 5000 years ago the whole planet was bharatvarsha so therefore therefore you will see traces of vedic culture everywhere and slowly they got an away from the whole thing i think let me see there is a there is a verse which says and even if you see they have philosophies although they were philosophical the vedas especially that has for very long been um against i mean uh, it was not there in the western civilization the vedic civilization is not exactly you can be philosophical but if you don't have um direction from the vedas it is going to be if, uh, ignorance only no not this let's see this one 889 i don't know i may be getting this wrong and this this trying something I, because there is a verse which says no not this one no there is a verse actually saying that um as we go more towards the west ignorance you know and their habits everything become more and more in terms of ignorance um uh, what is that verse i'm just not being able to remember it is a is a chaitanya mahaprabhu's verse and prabhupad quoted it in the purport of the fourth canto one of the verses so there is a, it is mentioned but i thought i remember the number of that verse but i obviously i did not so as one goes towards the west the the this thing goes farther and farther from the vedic culture and that is actually termed as ignorance so the tendency to search for, uh, have a philosophical life it is there in every civilization but then if they have information from the vedas that's when it will become fully proper knowledge otherwise they'll just be speculating with their own philosophies yes there are also in uh, as you have mentioned uh, in india also they have been materialistic philosophers yes but they were not as prominent as the followers of the vedas they have been uh, deviant philosophies like charvak muni he was a hedonist 
and um, others are also there like you know Jaimini and all the Shaddarshan, the six philosophies, Karma, Mimamsa and all that. So these are also, these are also deviant philosophies from the Vedas. But then the reference of everything was usually the Vedas. And Vedas were interpreted in different ways. That, that is also materialism. But predominantly, the worship of God was very much ingrained in the civilization of the East, especially of India. Uh, so, that's why, uh, and Western civilization, when we say Western civilization, we are referring to it in the modern context, where they are very much industrialized and uh, in that manner, and completely rejected the, what is that, the Vedic education, the education of the soul, spiritual education. Uh, Roderick Prabhu again, but what is the cause of Mayavadism? Why not simply become atheist? So, Mayavadism came in a time, Shankaracharya preached this philosophy of Mayavad because it was a very situational, um, it was based on the situation at the time. So, what happened? In the beginning of Kali Yuga, people went into atheism. Not exactly atheism, they were misusing the Vedas. For example, in the Vedas, there is a there is a one particular part where meat eating, eating meat is allowed. So, if you want to really eat meat, the Vedas uh, prescribe that one has to eat meat only on the Amavasya day, which is the dark moon night and the meat has to be offered in front of Kali, goddess Kali, the demigoddess and then that temple of Kali should be outside the city, outside the city precincts and it has to be in the forest kind of place and it should be very isolated place and only a goat can be offered and offered as a sacrifice to goddess Kali and while killing the goat one has to say the mantra that now I am killing you so you have the the right to kill me in, in your next life. So, after saying all this, then he can kill the animal and eat it. So, this is the regulation under which meat can be eaten according to Vedas. So, this is for those people who can't control their tongue and they want to eat meat. So, this provision is there. But the whole point of that whole exercise is that why take so much trouble and also promise myself trouble in the future by being open to being killed by this animal in the next life. So, let, us, let me just avoid it. So, that is the whole purpose of that sacrifice. But people, they did not... They, they stopped following everything. They just say, oh, Vedas, you know, yeah, Goddess Kali used to be worshipped with meat and wholesale, you know, they used to, they started killing animals without any amavasya, all these rules they have foregone. They just saw that thing that Vedas has prescribed animal killing, so let us just, they became hedonists, basically. So, and they were using Vedas in the name of that. So, Buddha came at a time, Nindasi Yajna Vidhe Rahaha Shruti Jatam. So, Buddha came and he stopped all this animal killing. He said all this, you know, Veda, you are saying Vedas say animal killing. Actually, he was trying to say, no, Vedas, are, this is not the real purpose. But they said, no, Vedas, Vedas, you know, are, everybody was just like in that. We are following Vedas, but they are all killing animals. So, he said, okay, forget the Vedas. Then he preached non-violence. Ahimsa um, Paramo Dharma. His main tenet was non-violence, Buddhism. So, to stop the animal killing, Sadaya hridaya darshita pashughatam. So he took compassion upon the animals, Buddha. Buddha is an incarnation of Krishna, by the way. Uh, ninth avatar in Dashavatar. So he came, but he he rejected the Vedas. But the byproduct of the rejection of the Vedas was that he could not explain. Because if I want to know about you, I have to know from you. Who are you? Where do you come from? What is all this? So if I want to know anything about you, I have to ask you and you have to tell me and then I will know. So, I can't speculate, right? So, similarly, if you want to know about God, we cannot know with our 
tiny intelligence when god reveals himself to us and makes himself accessible then we can know him so um that was the whole point of the vedas but because the vedas were no more i mean he rejected them so the knowledge about god also was rejected with them so now there is no knowledge of god positive knowledge of god you can just hint you know they can they, they, they can be a supreme controller or they can be many controllers a, a board of directors managing this universe we cannot come to a complete conclusion just by our speculation so better he just said okay he just not did not talk about god at all so it's basically atheism and just so called moral principles so that was made to just stop the animal killing but then um quick, quickly that that thing had to be rectified because after buddha's rule um uh, ashoka king ashoka came and especially the india land of india was filled with buddhism at that time because of king ashoka and everywhere was buddhism so the vedas vedas were completely rejected completely overthrown so quickly that situation had to be rectified so the lord narayana in the padma purana it is said so he sent shankaracharya he, he sent lord shiva to appear as shankaracharya here and bring back the vedas again so therefore shankaracharya preached a philosophy similar to the buddhists so that they will easily accept it so but he brought back the vedas so he, he through the vedas he explained a philosophy which was very similar to buddhism buddhists say there is no god and he said there is god but you know you know it is here it is explained you see the vedas also you know say something similar to what you are saying but in, in just a different way so there is god but he doesn't have a form he doesn't have a you know um qualities and doesn't have anything he doesn't have a body then it became easier for the buddhists to accept that explanation and therefore they came to accept the vedas again so therefore you see shankaracharya's chief contribution was he drove he drove out the influence of buddhism from the land of india from the land of bharat that's why you see in nepal bhutan myanmar uh, sri lanka so these and tibet china so they, the buddhist influence went outside the borders of india but inside india also the birthplace of buddha is there but almost buddhism buddhism is not a very big religion in india that was a chief contribution of shankaracharya and even that was a situational thing because he although he brought back the vedas the philosophy was still wrong the philosophy has to be made right again that's when ramanujacharya came completely defeated the shankaracharya philosophy and madhvacharya also reinforced that and still the mayavadi philosophy is still there banan chaitanya mahaprabhu came he gave the highest to the radha krishna love in this way the whole you know um religion of uh, the vaishnava religion was brought back to the fore over couple of thousands of years so that's the whole uh, role of shankaracharya in the whole history okay um manjukesi mataji from philippines uh, question hari krishna prabhu is brahmana more superior than kshatriya because they are knowledgeable and the kshatriya followed instructions from brahmana based on the shastra yes so yes so brahmanas are first class kshatriyas are second class in that way they are superior what about the devotees who are working do they belong to shudras although they are working but engaging in devotional service on their free time but unless they will devote themselves in serving the lord then they won't be called shudras thank you so what about those devotees who are working so they are working still as shudras but they are devotees so therefore 
um, Shudras, it's not the Shudras cannot be devotees. Shudras also can be devotees. So, yes, so they are working as Shudras but still are devotees. So, they can elevate themselves to Brahmanas, they can eventually maybe think of joining up as full time. Um, therefore, we have to be always constantly aiming for that. Now that we have knowledge, okay, we are already stuck in this kind of civilization, but then we have to think of how to, you know, uh, improve that and, you know, come to the point of like full time service, even as a Grahastha one can do. And uh, we, we need to we need to think in those terms. Uh, of course, it takes a little bit adjustment of all the members of the family and everything. As much as possible, you know, one should uh, try for that. So whether one is, but it doesn't matter where, wherever one is, if one can engage in Krishna service slowly and slowly, it doesn't have to happen overnight. It doesn't happen like that anyway. So, but we have to try. We have to try our best to become more and more spiritually inclined and more and more engaging here than any other place. Okay. Ah, 1089, not 889. I was searching for 889. I knew it was Adilila and 89th verse, but I was searching for 10th chapter. Okay, good. Adilila 10.89. This one. Paschimir Loka Shabam Mudha Anachar Taha Pracharila Dohe Bhakti Sadachar. The people in general on the western side of India are neither intelligent nor well-behaved, but by the influence of Srila Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami, they were trained in devotional service and good behavior. So, Prabhupada used the same verse in the purport of um, where, uh, in the fourth canto, one of the purports. Uh, I forgot the verse. Okay. So, anyway, he quoted that. He quoted that. He took the definition not just in India, all the, all the way, west. So, Paschimer Lokasava Mudha Anachar, people in general on the western side, in the, in the western world, are neither intelligent nor well-behaved, spiritually. But by the influence of Sarupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami, they were trained in devotional service and good behavior. In this case, it was India, but Prabhupada used the same verse to refer to the western countries. So, um, <laughs> Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami did it to the west of India, but Prabhupada did it to the west of the world. The Paschatya Desha Tharine. <clears throat> Actually, if you see even Egyptian or Greek philosophy, they are very, it's not very wholesome. The whole Vaishnava culture is not really there in its purest form. There is some form of it. Any human being, even the aborigines in the forest, they have some religion. They bow down to a mountain, they bow down to a sun, you know, they have some, that conception of God is there innate in human being, but it is most advanced in the Aryan culture, the Vedic culture. Whereas other forms, other civilizations, they they have a crude, uh, more crude ways of forms of this religion. Okay. Vishnu Teja Prabhu asks, does that mean like what is now Pakistan or like the West Coast? Not just that, also that and also the whole Western. That's why Western civilization nowadays, it's, it's based on complete materialism. It's almost zero, you know, um, God consciousness. There's some God consciousness, some Christianity is going on, but much of, it, much of it is diluted and many people are not even following the rules of the scriptures. Same, same is happening in India also now. So everything is going on the direction in Kali Yuga. But especially it is more prominent in the Western culture, Western, uh, Western countries. Um, 
so Roderick Prabhu is asking so Sankracharya made the Vedas digestible for atheists um, then the time of the Buddha was kind of similar to current Kali Yuga yes yes it was like the current Kali Yuga and Sankracharya made it digest it is not exactly digestible to the atheists but he made them somehow or other accept Vedas even in a false way at least they accept the authority of the Vedas at least they accept that whatever is stated in the Vedas is correct so it is not that he he made them understand the Vedas. Actually, he he made them misunderstand the Vedas. He actually s- twisted the meaning of the Vedas to suit Prachanna Bauddha Muchate. That is actually explained in the um, in that in that uh, verse in the Padma Puran. Prachanna Bauddha Maya Vada Masachastram Prachanna Bauddha is a hidden Buddhism. It is hidden Buddhism, covered Buddhism, just to get them to get into the fold of accepting the Vedas. And once they accept the Vedas, then later Ramanujacharya will come and actually he came and he will defeat the... That's why even in Sankracharya also, in the end, in the Mohamudgara song and all that, he completely rejected all this Mayavad explanation himself. Uh, he himself you know, advised everybody, just forget these interpretation, misinterpretations that I have presented, just worship Govinda. Okay, next, I think that's the end of questions. Ah, at 425.52 per pot. So here is the quotation of this verse, but in a purport of 425.52, we will go there. So thank you for the comment. 425.52. We were actually doing the Bhagavatam class on this verse and then we noticed this. Let's see. Oh, Krishna. Hmm. 425.52. 52 Okay The verse you see Asuri nama paschadvas Taya yati puranjanaha Gramakam nama vishayam Vishayam durmadena Samanvitaha On the western side was a gate named Asuri. Through that gate King Puranjan used to go to the city of Gramaka accompanied by his friend Durmada. Anyway this was a very allegorical story. You will understand only when you actually understand the full chapter. But here in the purport, you see Prabhupada is mentioning here. The words Asuri Nama Paschadva are significant in another sense. The sunrise is first visible on the eastern side, the Bay of Bengal, and gradually progresses toward the west. It is practically experienced that the people in the west are more addicted to sense gratification. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself has certified Paschimer Loka Shabha Mudha Anachar, CC Adi 10.89. The more one goes to the western side, the more he will find people disinterested in spiritual life. He will find them behaving against the Vedic standards. Because of this, people living in the west are more addicted to sense gratification. In this, in this Bhagavatam, it is confirmed, Asuri Nama Paschadva. In other words, the population on the western side is interested in an Asuric civilization, that is, a materialistic way of life. Lord Chaitanya consequently wanted this Krishna consciousness movement to be preached on the western side of the world, so that people addicted to sense gratification might be benefited by his teachings. So that's why we have Prabhupada who has, you know, nicely, you know, preached Paschatya Desha Tarine. All right. Thank you very much. I know there are some questions again. Hari Prasad Prabhu has um, asked, but he asked me to reply in text, so I'll reply in text. So, all right. Thank you very much. For joining, um, Ishopanishad ki jai.
श्री प्रभुपाद की जाय अनंत कोड़ी वैष्णवृंद की जाय हिताय गौर प्रेमानंदे हरि हरि बोल हरे कृष्णा सो विल सी यू सी यू टुमारो